Hey. Okay, we're on now. Are we on? Now we are on. Hold on, wait. Uh, it's, it's... Uh -huh. Now we're on. Kersey, it's really weird to watch your limp, your lips be completely out of sync uh, with the, the sound. I know you like to watch oh. my lips, Tyler. It, they're just so sensuous and <laughs> accented with the, the mustache. It really just brings out the, the fullness and the redness of your upper lip. Thank you. Um, I will not be able to hear your your sensuous claims for a moment as I test the audio for myself. <laughs> All right, we got this music. Cool. What's up, sirs? Oh, further, we have a prince in the house. Good day, sirs. Um, sirs and uh, Vogel phrase. I don't know if Vogel Free's here. I think I heard he was taking a couple days off Twitter. I don't know if that means he quit my Twitch channel as well. Juan Andre. in the chat right now. It says hello, hello. It says hello, hello on Vogel Free. <laughs> I don't see him. Mechanical Monk, welcome. Oh, damn. So many good people here. Yeah, man. Um, it often takes a, a few minutes for people to... to file in but we can also just start tweeting if it's not enough juice we can always juice it we can put our finger on the scale how do we you mean we tweet people so that they come here instead yes. of twitter being on twitter yeah like a bunch of losers what um, do we say what, what what's the best marketing for this well if we had you on video we could sell your body <laughs> how about just my ankles we could do that too. If you text me pictures of your ankles, I will show them on stream. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> um, I can't find my phone right now, but uh, what's what's that Mac application that? Oh, Photo Booth. <laughs> You're okay. gonna use Photo Photo Booth to take yeah, pictures. Yeah, use Photo Booth. To take so, so you the just lighting get... is not so good. All right, someone tweet. Tyler Alterman is using Photo Booth to take pictures of his ankles on flowers on Twitch. Thanks. Flying flights. Right now. Did you hear that camera sound? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, that's the photo of my ankle in action. All right, just, just send it to me on WhatsApp. All right, I'm, I'm, first I have to export it from this application on, on WhatsApp. Yeah, man. Um, and then once we get the, uh, the ankle photos up, we can start picking our <laughs> destination and start chatting. There we go. What do you mean, pick our destination? I, I don't know how Flight Simulator works. You get to choose a place to go? So as you may be able to see on screen, um, we have a map of the globe, and we can go from anywhere to anywhere within range of our plane. And I can also cheat to make us teleport and fly around and shit, so we got a lot of choices. Um, but we can go anywhere in the world, and I've got a variety of uh, vehicles for your perusal, from fighter jets to big-ass like Airbus-style planes to little i don't know what types of planes exist little crappy planes cool jets um little, little jets so you have fighter planes and big jets and then little ones yeah and like little well one of them's like a true jet this one this textron aviation is like a jet you know like if you're like rich you'd get this jet but there's also some that are like it's like a safari plane like this 
and they're kind of hard to fly, but this Zlin Aviation yellow one on the end. Uh, Wait, can you, can you just show them to me? Do you have to describe them all? You're describing computer planes to me instead of showing them to me. No, no I'm showing. Look at the screen, dude. <laughs> I am. I'm looking at the screen. All I see is um. Here, I'll send you a screenshot of what I see. It, it, see, it looks like a reflection on a window pane. The fuck? Oh, you're texting me. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you. Oh wait, something's happening. You you might just have more delay. You can always refresh. It might catch you up a little if there's too much delay. Something's just happened. An Avco Embassy Television. Wait, what? Joseph E. Levine presents. What's happening, Kersey? Oh, are you watching an ad? Are I they... don't think so. Oh, oh. <laughs> no wonder your lips seemed out of sync. I was watching movie night. You're watching a different. You're watching a different show. <laughs> I was watching a different Twitch stream, and I I was really disoriented. Uh, wait, how do I, I'm sorry, how do I get to you? How's chat doing? I keep seeing three people in chat, and then ten people in chat. You, you just, just go to my Twitch channel, dude. Okay. Now we're getting to Twitch. Do I click general? Oh, okay. Go, so Twitch I'm is a service you. that shows live streams. <laughs> <laughs> It's like for kids, sorta. Of, yeah, <laughs> it sorta of is. Okay, no, oh, I'm I'm in the right place right now. It says altered states with Tyler Alterman. That's you, baby. And I see some planes. Oh, these are good planes. Okay, okay, okay. Now you see the planes. I'm gonna slowly scroll through them, not too quickly. And if something catches your eye, but let me get to the end because yeah, yeah. Um, they have different stats, and some of them are a big ass uh, pain to fly. Some of them are more fun Ooh. to fly. I'm just scrolling through. I'm going to scroll a little faster and then get Are there to... any that let you shoot missiles? No. Hmm. Oh, we... whoa, there's like a helicopter plane. Uh, there's might be one that looks like one. But let me just get to the end so that you can see the fighter jets. So there's okay. the fighter jets. <laughs> Wander says, I did like the idea that Tyler would get blasted before showing up and then it would be like 30 minutes of tech setup. That's kind of weird. <laughs> That's, that's kind of the vibe. I don't know. I don't know how blitzed he is just yet. Well, okay. I, I mean, I want to choose these fighter jets, but does everyone just choose the fighter jet? No, I always want them to, but they don't. People choose. People like choosing the little dinky planes because they're. No. They, I want they're the red cute. fighter jet. Yeah, the red fighter jet. There we go. Thank yeah. you. Um, and with red fighter jet in hand, um. Yeah, disappointment at lack of missiles is my favorite theme of this show. Um, where do you want to fly? Um, I had a, a, a banker friend mention the city of Samarkand the other day, which I hadn't thought about in a while. So that's just that that that's the thing that immediately comes to mind. It's in Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. All right, let me just Google Sam Samarkand, maybe. Yeah. yeah, Uzbekistan. You know, they used to be a Mongol city. And I knew oh, yeah? that because I used to play Civilization 2, and it was one of the... Unless I'm not confused. But Samarkand, Uzbekistan, um, airport is what I need. Mm, mm. Samarkand International Airport. Now they're going. Uh, it looks like it's SKD. So let's take a look. Good morning, Soren. <laughs> Monk, where the fuck's... <laughs> well, we'll find out. Uzbekistan. What does SMH mean? What... It means sh shaking my head. 
<laughs> Shaking my head at these SKD. Samarkand, Samarkand. Nice. Cool. Um, Why is it Samarkand, Samarkand? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It's confusing. It just means something. Um, actually, yeah. And where should we go? Let's just pick a direction. Wait, I mean, wait, wait. No, no, no. It, it seems like we should arrive in Samarkand. Samarkand feels like a place that you arrive in after a long journey. It's like New York, New York. Sure. So we can make this be our arrival. Yeah, let's start from uh, Though I, JFK Airport. So the problem with <laughs> the problem with JFK is that the it's on the other fucking side of the world, and this is a flight simulator, which means we are flying <laughs> over a scaled version of of Bing Maps. So it will take us like literally twenty, literally twelve hours or something like that, or sixteen. Okay, hours. let's let's start in Dubai. I think Dubai might also be too far. Really? Well, let's find out because. This would be a four-hour flight. <laughs> a running theme in the show is never getting to the place. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. too bad. Um, okay, so I, is here. this more fun when there are buildings that you could potentially crash into if you don't fly well? Because if so, then we should fly through Dubai at some point, right? Oh wait, I keep. Oops, hold on. Um, we 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 could do Dubai. Hold on, let's do. I want to see Samarkand though. Um, okay. We could leave from Samarkand and just fly around. All right, all right. I'm, I don't know. All right, wait. I feel like I, I don't know what the scenery is going to look like at all. No, I mean, that's what we're exploring the world, dude. <laughs> this, this is what it's like. We don't know what's even out there. And then let's have our arrival be, I don't know, like Faisal Mosque. That sounds cool. But we can, we're, we're, we'll, we'll probably change it up along the way. All right, excellent. Okay, Bukhara so is nearby. What's that? I don't know. Oyster. Oyster mentions Bukhara. What's Bukhara? Oyster smiling. Oi. Have philosophers on Twitch doing terrorism? <laughs> <laughs> we we are. This is a, a, a staunchly anti-terrorism stream. Um, is it possible to accidentally fly into a building? So yes, but the. the it really is more of like a simulator than like a game. So, um, and by the way, you may be seeing uh, you may be seeing us in Uzbekistan momentarily. In that, when you crash, I'm going to start lifting off terrorists on Twitch doing philosophy. Yeah, look at a look at a fucking Kaczynski to Colin. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Hey, crazy. Yes. Should I should I be talking like, what do you, what's the style of this? Should I be talking to you like we're back in, like a living room four years ago, or should we be talking like we're podcasters, or should we be talking like we're um, post podcasters, like we're 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 beyond the podcasty artificiality? What's what's the vibe of this of this session? God, not like podcasters. I agree. Not like podcasters, explicitly not a cat. Yeah, so notably, this is. Thank you for reminding talk me. Sorry, show. this is a, this is a talk show, not a podcast. By the way, I'm flying over Samarkand. This um, is great, isn't it? Kind of cool. Um, yeah. yeah, let's let's cruise around a little bit. You know, in answer to your question, uh, it's got to be some kind of something in between. It's get, we gotta we gotta not get caught in any of those little rivulets and kind of sort of cruise towards the good. That's my kind of. 
I think I, this is this looks like a good rivulet. Talk. Someone says talk like you're Don Rickles and Kersey is Johnny Carson. So am am I aging myself by not knowing who Don Rickles is? <laughs> I don't know who Don Rickles is either. All right, let's Google Don Rickles. I've heard that name before. I've also American comedian. Wait, wait, wait. You, you just got a message. It said five three nine. Please acknowledge. Are you going to get shot down? Oh yeah, I don't know. No, they don't. Again, it's not like a game. It's more just like they say that stuff at you so that you can feel like something's happening. But um, no, they're not going to shoot. I mean, what's happening is we're flying over Samarkand in a fighter jet, which is sick. But um, oh wait, do you see there on the left? It's it's sort of in the, the architecture. No, on the left, see it's like a sort of circular grid or curvy curvilinear grid. I am noticing it's that. Yeah, let's let's go. That. Let's get in cool. there. Wait, go. Let's get in there. Let's get up in there. It looks like Burning Man. He voiced Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story. How are we supposed to know that? Is that the main claim to fame? <laughs> no, no, no. Legendary 80s comedian. I've seen this guy. I've heard this guy's oh, okay. name. Yeah, I they, have to. There's a little bit of like a Black Rock City thing going on here with the circular grid. Yeah, can you land? I can. I can technically land. It's not actually easy to land a fighter jet on like curved streets <laughs> in in the middle of like a place that exists. Um, can you parachute? Uh, you cannot parachute. No, um, oh, I, I can zoom in. It sucks. <laughs> it's it's like it's a simulator, dude. Oh, that's wait, that's pretty cool. Oh, wait, who's in the front and who's in the back? Well, I mean, technically, I'm flying the thing. Is that the front? I so believe. What am I, I have the missile control. Uh, sure. Yeah, you can have the missile control. There's no missiles it's like in this I'm game. Like I'm spooning you. Uh, yeah, dude. We're, it's like me, you, and the technology. But side note. Um, it's worth checking out this, uh, an actual podcast. This was Lex Friedman with this Navy guy who saw the UFO recently and is convinced oh, yeah. that that's a crazy cool podcast that I was just listening to. And they talk okay, a bunch. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Do you, do you believe in? I didn't finish it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to just show you the inside just so I can give you the tour. This is the inside of the jet. Oh, it's so fucking detailed. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So I look back. And we can zoom in. All these indicators do stuff. There's no one in the seat. Well, that's just so you can see the stuff. <laughs> you know. What is... Okay. Do, and do you know what all these do by now? No, I have no clue what they do. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I have no idea. I just flip stuff. And mostly it doesn't, like, cause me to, like... But you can, like, press buttons. Like, look. And then things happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seat adjust. Anti-ice, comm selector, you know, like, AC power. The, uh, and if you press the wrong thing, do you, you parachute out? Uh, you don't parachute out, but you, you might, like, screw up your, um, your trajectory, you know. This is why I like flying the jet, uh, because it's extremely easy to recover. If we were flying, like, a 747 or, like, especially one of those tiny ones, you just have a bad time. Um, yeah, because it's really hard to recover. Wait, what are you doing? You're something's happening. You're, you're like what? You're, for a second, the the fighter jet looked like it was possessed. It was like floating slightly upwards and not really forwards. Right. So oh. I'm slowly learning a couple things about how actual planes work. But like, here, check this out, and then then we can actually talk about something other than this game. But <laughs> check check out this flat the flaps. Okay. Oh, cool. And I like that there's some sort of yellow sticker with an arrow on it. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, okay. Are these are these trim tabs? You know, like Bucky Fuller used to talk about trim tabs. Did Bucky did Bucky Fuller used to talk about trim tabs? That was his that was his um term for essentially small interventions that make a really large difference. Cool. Because by altering the the trim tab just a little bit, you alter the trajectory of the plane quite a bit. Right. But I never knew what trim tabs were. So I'm I'm betting that th these little thingies are trim tabs. Yeah. They look like tabs. Yeah, I like the good. detail on the gas coming out of the. Is is this how all your? <laughs> is this how all the guests start? They just comment on the intricacies of Microsoft Flight Simulator. There's usually at least a couple minutes of that. There's a couple minutes <laughs> of that. Yeah. Uh, Kiyosaku John says yes. Airplanes have trim tabs. Don't use flaps. Flaps as trim tabs. So are these Why the? Not? These are flaps. Are these flaps? I'm going to flap them for you, just so you know. I think these are flaps. Don't use flaps as trim tabs. I, think I wonder I... what the metaphorical significance of that could be. <laughs> also, where am the fuck am I going? All right, let's, let's just start going south or something. One more thing is that I can yeah. change. Oh, flaps are big. Ace pilots had to use know how to use the cockpit hatch as a flap. Is that true? What? What does that even mean? This is the cockpit hatch. What is the cockpit hatch? It's like the bubble. You can use that. You can like open it a little bit, and you can, then you can open it so that you can like pass the the you know other Nazi fighter pilot and just like punch him in the nuts or something. <laughs> is, is that what Tom Cruise did? Oh no, he's I think he's trolling. <laughs> All right, flaps are big. They're for landing. Flaps are. For keeping you bird's from stalling flap. when you're going very slow. Oh yeah, the bird. This is how you fly. Actually, is you you just tab in and out real fast until you gain uh, vertical uh, momentum. Wait, really? No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, <laughs> there were two guys who lost power to their flaps, so they opened their doors slightly to steer the plane to landing. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. By the way, I'll, I'll try to get close to the ground so we can see some uh, agriculture. I believe this is some agriculture. I'll, I'll be honest. This is kind of a boring landscape. I wonder if we could fly through a city somehow. Is it too late? Can no, we, no, no. We, teleport function? We can teleport. Um, I mean, we can also soak in the, the sort of more subtle beauties of, of <laughs> you know, of, of the world, but... I, I, yeah, I mean, as much as I appreciate the color brown and the many shades thereof. This is brown to you, bro. There's beige. <laughs> oh, okay, there's beige. There's, um, what else? Peach, maybe? No, that's, that's too Sure. <laughs> Hold on. I'll crest those mountains. No, we can pick a okay. city. We've done New York. <laughs> Tyler confirmed city boy. Yeah, that's true. Can you fly through a thunderstorm and watch your plane get ripped to shreds? So, oh, the... that sounds great. The uh, I can turn on a storm. Let's take okay, a do it. Um, I actually have to. Inst I'm gonna one of these days turn on a. So here's the storm. Um, nice. It just looks like oh. gray. <laughs> uh, that's boring. Just, uh, hold, on, hold on, let me try something ridiculous. Um, I'm gonna turn off volumetric atmospheric effects. Okay, so we're technically in a storm, but that's useless to us because, um, because I just turned off clouds. So, but your 
but you're, there's still frost and rain, it seems, on your... Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the thing. Well, that's that's kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, no, the, 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 the glassy ice is sick. Um, oh, here, we got a little lightning. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. You know, that's... In case you didn't like the brown, we now have uh, a pure gradient of gray. Oh, bam. This is a <laughs> it feels kind of existential. Wow. Yeah, now, there's something actually pretty relaxing about this. Especially not knowing when you're going to hit the ground. We do have our altitude meters. Who needs missiles when you can th summon thunderstorms at will? It feels like we're flying at the end of time. Yeah. You know how in our in our scene people used to say things like the end of time a little bit it's, yeah that's how this feels here <laughs> it is at the end of time you're flying in a fighter jet at 412 knots <laughs> can't see five feet in front of you lightning storm and tyler alterman screaming in your ear <laughs> about sending ankle picks and you know if i get close to the ground I'm, I sent is... you the ankle pick. Oh, you did? I'll, I'll put that up. Oh, yeah. okay. This is a little more interesting. Is, what are these? Tombstones? No. It feels like that, doesn't it? But no, I think it's yeah. like buildings. Oh, look. We got a we'll little... Go to the restaurant at the end of time. Look at this. Look at this view, dude. <gasps> oh, yeah. Now it's Black cool. Black cloud. Oh, this is great. Go to the restaurant at the end of time. Can you enable the meet God option? Meet God? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> M-E-E-T. Oh, meet God. <laughs> um, you know, you, you really have to uh, kind of find that for yourself, I feel like. <laughs> it's a very personal thing. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're, 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 we're actually, so we're thoroughly 22 minutes into the show. Um, and, uh, we haven't talked about anything. This is, the, I think this is the least we've ever talked about just even as friends. You know, I had rival voices on, um, <laughs> and it was also kind of like that at first we were like philosophy, philosophy, but by the end it was just like, let's just fly dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pouring more tequila. Dope. All right. Yeah. I am going to take, uh, at least one shot with you during this. Well, yeah. You, you have to wait because I have Tildy and Elliot Olds in the other room and that they would do right. shots with us. Right. They know you're on a live show, right? That's going to end up on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, they do. All right. That sounds cool. Fun fact, planes can fly in hurricanes because the wind is all blowing laterally. Can't do the same in thunderstorms. Why does the lateral wind help? Is it just more resilient to that? Yeah, so I have turned off, like, crash physics, but usually when you play this game, if you, like, turn the wrong way too aggressively, it's just, like, you crashed, you know? Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Turbulence so what's, what's on your mind, Kersey? I feel like we should talk about something besides uh, artificial planes. Yes. We should talk about what's on your mind, dog. Um, what my... is on my mind? And, and we also have our list of questions from Twitter whenever, you know, if and when you want to grab some of those. But, um, you know, I've been hearing some things about your your Portugal experience, what that's about. You know, some people ask yeah. about the village. What is yeah. the village? Um, <laughs> is that the voice that they use when they <laughs> ask about it? That, that's how I hear it. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> the village, you know. Um, uh, but right just now I'm thinking yeah, about that reserve actually. Yeah, do you want do you want to talk about that? Um, I don't know. I, I maybe reserve is doing well. So reserve is this um, for those who are listening. It's this um, stablecoin startup that I founded, co-founded with Nevin Freeman and a few other people. Um, and a stable coin is like, um, a cryptocurrency that's priced to the U S dollar. And, um, when you have something like that, it can be used in countries with a lot of inflation, like Venezuela, um, because it's outside of the banking system and people can just get it peer to peer. Um, and in countries like Venezuela, now I feel like I'm pitching reserve all of a sudden, but in you countries are. like Venezuela, <laughs> it's, 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 it's really hard to get stable money because, um, the government blocks bringing in U.S. dollars. And so that's this is like one of the actual uses for cryptocurrency. There aren't actually that many uses for cryptocurrency, in my opinion. But one of the, one of the promising ones is um, getting stable money to people who use it. Or, sorry, to who, who need it, but who also use it. And so right. reserve, is, reserve is that. Um, but, you know, re recently there's been the crazy Bitcoin thing. You know about this, right? What, that Bitcoin exists? <laughs> The Bitcoin price spike. I have heard of Bitcoin. Um, yeah, go, go on about the price spike. Well, you've, you've heard that has gone from like uh, over the course of, I, I don't know, a month, more than a month. It's, it's gone up to like $50,000. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin. Yep. And so when that happens, pretty much all other of the top 100 cryptocurrencies go up. Right. And, and I think people just maybe like splash money across them. Mm. Um, and so Reserve has suddenly like... 10x in price right <laughs> right so that's that's dominating a lot of my thinking lately because uh you know right now i don't i, I don't have very much money at all uh -huh. and going from having being basically a vagabond right um who's on uh a, a small amount of government aid to um to a, a crypt i mean i guess this is happening to a lot of a lot of people right now right they suddenly got a little crypto yeah, suddenly crypto rich. Right, um, and so I so I mean basically you're sitting on some reserve because of your early involvement. Yeah, yeah. Although it doesn't it doesn't actually become available until probably the end of the year. Right. But like if I which if I cashed out now, which obviously I can't. Oh, this is great. This looks beautiful. Yeah, we we finally found um, a little something. Something interesting. Yeah, if I if I if I were able to cash in now, which is impossible, basically, and I wouldn't do it either because I think it's going to be worth more in the future. But I would be like some sort of multimillionaire, and also nice. all our a lot of our friends would too because um, a lot of, a lot of our people also joined reserve and like um, you know I, hi I hired friends and things like that. So I think feeding into the village. One thing that's very exciting to me. One of the biggest headaches for me was the idea that. Um, it would be really hard to get people to move because I think one of the biggest barriers to that is um, going to a foreign country without much money and not having a job necessarily, unless you have right. remote work. Right. Um, like for instance, I have, I have an artist friend, Creighton, who would be in Portugal right now um, if if I could give her like ten thousand dollars to move, or maybe not even that much. She's right. She's a brilliant artist, but she's poor. Um, and so that that problem in a year might be solved, which is really exciting to me because a lot of you know a lot of the initial villages would be these people who are have have done really well with reserve. So what I'm hearing is that we could be getting like a like a 
philosophers on Twitch playing Flight Simulator sponsorship sometime soon from from the Tyler Alterman corner. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you an actual plane, is what I'm saying. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, it won't even be simulated in the future. People will be like, "Oh man, the physics are so amazing," and you'll have to say it's because they're real now. Right. Tonight at nine, Twitch streamer dies in plane accident, <laughs> trying to fix his five G audio connection to get the micro get Discord working in a literal plane. <laughs> Yeah. No, you'd you'd be the guy in the back. You'd be sitting in the back where I am. Right. So you know you'd have, you'd you'd obviously you'd hire a pilot named Fernando. Oh yeah. I don't know why. That just seems like a pilot name. You'd hire sure. a pilot named Fernando, and he would be piloting the plane, and you'd be in the back trading Bitcoin. Right. Um, getting bought by defrosting the pon. Is that a pontoon? Is that what that is? Uh, this is a fighter jet. <laughs> no. I mean, on the side here. Okay, at the end of the wing. I don't know what the fuck that those is. Those things is that a isn't that a pon is that what that's called a pontoon? I don't know. Does someone. I think it's called a pontoon. Does someone want to opine on whether this Who thing on the end is specifically called a pontoon? This this needs to be answered. I, I feel like there are people here who know a lot about planes. Monk thinks it's a fuel tank. Isn't isn't that a fuel tank? Well, why no? Why would they put a fuel tank all the way over there? Well, maybe it's for, like, balance. Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. He doesn't know. Who knows, Who knows? about planes? Not I. Hmm. But, yeah, you know, that was... For for a village, I think one of the most important pieces that a lot of um, people who want to... Pretty sure a pontoon is a boat. It yeah. might be. Um, I, I think a, a thing that not a lot of people think about when they do things like found villages or, you know... Um, cringe intentional communities um, yes. is they they don't really think about long-term sustainability mm. um, and that was really one thing on my mind like I was brainstorming all these ways in which you could have like a kind of default dot job that everyone does when they show up I think this still might be a good this, idea this is like, the this is the monks selling beer kind of approach exactly yeah yeah whereas the the modern day might be something like you know Dan Daniel Colson has this business. Right. Um, with with Jean, his wife, um, or rather, Jean Finn has this business with Daniel, her husband, um, called Campus PA, which I think is kind of brilliant. They're, like, there are all these um, Ivy League students who are out of work now, who normally mm -hmm. would have work on campus, and they're um, they they they're turning them three into... decades ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three decades ago they would have had jobs. Yes, <laughs> yeah, three decades ago they would have jobs. They would have had jobs. Uh, one year ago on campus, you know, like at the campus coffee shop or the bookstore. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. So yeah. Turning them into personal assistants, which is kind of, I, I think, pretty genius because what you look for in a personal assistant is someone who's like pretty kind of smart and can do research and also really good at like following rules and uh -huh. orders. I think Ivy League students are, are pretty much that. And so they're <laughs> doing pretty well with that business. And then their idea was that maybe people who moved into the village could be essentially like you know, high class personal assistance for a little while. And I thought that was an interesting idea because I think if anyone who's like decently smart, I think would make for a good temporary personal assistant as an economic bridge. I was and, also thinking like maybe copywriting or. Yeah. And also about their specific thing, I've heard that part of it is like forming a relationship with the company that lets you potentially learn their trade, et cetera. So there's like more benefits than oh, just the. Um, yeah, good point. I didn't even think of that. 
Yeah. I've always wanted to be a butler. Me too. <laughs> I was just I was just talking to you know Luca Rave. You would be the worst already... butler, Tyler. <laughs> no, what? I'd be an amazing butler. I'd at least look really good and uh. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd look good. I think you'd look good. <laughs> Wait, but why do you think I'd be a bad butler? You'd be. I'd be like, Tyler, <laughs> get the car, and then you'd be like drinking cappuccinos <laughs> like <No. laughs> in the car with like some some cool watercolor master you just met who's like gonna <laughs> join your village and i'd be like tyler we fucking talked about this wait, 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 wait. you're saying that makes me a bad butler i would like to counter by saying that that makes me a great butler because i would be introducing you to a watercolor master <laughs> I, I mean that doesn't that doesn't what other butler is gonna fucking <laughs> a, get your car like you said and then B show up with the watercolor um, master. Bro, bro, when when uh, I get rich from my crypto company, which doesn't exist, uh, you can be <laughs> you can be my vagabond in residence, where you yeah. can chill and get the watercolor, you know, homies, and uh, not be relied on to get me from point A to point B in a timely fashion. Wait, let, let's talk about this because I think. Yes. I think there's an art of um Sirs further wants to hire us. Who? Sirs further. As butlers or something else? I'm guessing it's butler. He always wanted to have a butler. I think there's only room for one butler, right? <laughs> like the butler is like the head guy. Okay, it's a it's butlers, but it's like that scene in uh The Dark Knight where we have to fight <laughs> with a broken pool cue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and whoever wins becomes the butler. Right. It seems kind of like irrelevant to the skills of being a butler. It depends what you're going for. It, it's commitment. <laughs> Wait, I, you... I do like the idea of. Um, have you ever seen a movie where the butler? So okay, there's an evil villain. The evil villain has a butler, but then the butler also turns out to be. You know how the evil villain always has like a second in charge, who's the ultimate badass. Like he's really good with a switch knife. Sure. Or he's like the, a sniper. He's the mini boss before the the big boss. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine one that's a that's a butler who has a cane sword. That's pretty cool. I like that. Has that ever existed? A, a cane sword butler? Surely. No. Well, uh, well, just the the archetype of a butler, um, like an evil second in charge butler. For some reason, Odd Job is coming to mind. I don't know if that he's a butler oh, exactly, but Odd Job is. Is dressed he, like a butler. But isn't he also? Doesn't he work for? Who is it? Scaramanga or something? For Goldfinger? Maybe Aja. I think he's he might be a butler. He at least had the butler costume. And he had a really sharp hat. Right. Samuel Jackson and Django. Yeah, that's interesting. He's not very physically intimidating. Samuel Jackson and Django. He's more like in this strange social role. But yeah, yeah he's like psychologically intimidating. Who would you most like... To, oh, this is a good question. Who would you most like to be a butler for? Kanye? No, Kanye is a terrible answer. He'd be totally insane. Who would want, like, only chartreuse M&Ms? I, I would do it just to just to gain Kanye's po powers. I don't know if, you, Tyler, I don't know that you particularly know this. I've watched, like, 20 hours of Kanye interviews. I believe it. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, there's a lot. <laughs> in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> yes. You're trying to gain his powers through... Uh, just permeability through studying his energy and to the spirit of Kanye and listening to what he says and yeah the, yeah basically I mean I could I could I've thought about making videos about it because there's a lot there that people miss 
Um, well, let's let's beta test it. How? Let's tell me tell me a little bit about Kanye, and I'll tell you if it's boring or not. All right, you ready for this? So yep. I can find a specific moment in his interview, his first Breakfast Club interview, and at which uh, Charlemagne the God uh, is interviewing him. Is he's in the crew, oh, cool. and he talks about how he has this very interesting and weird phrasing in which he talks about how at a certain point in his career, he made like this album and that was like him in preschool and he makes this album and that was like him in grade school. And he's going through these as, and he's telling the story about how his artistic development um, is like him being different ages and specifically like young ages, right? Like he's a child is how he's talking oh, about I thought it. You were, I thought you were saying like literally in preschool he made a rap album. No, no, no. I mean, who knows what he did in preschool. But no, no, no. He, he's <laughs> saying in, in in his adult life he made these albums and whatever. And uh -huh. um, I think that he understands in a deep way that on a psychological level we're not all the way developed. And he has yeah. found the way to ride the edge of where you are as like a spiritual being, not just as a physical being and create from that genesis point in order to have the artistic process also be a process of self-development. Um, and mm. I think, so a lot of my interest in Kanye is like, it's almost not even in his music. Like I like his music, but I'm not a super fan in the sense that I can tell you all the producers and like all the different instruments and whatever. Um, but I am a super fan in the sense of studying him as like a spiritual, uh, you know, sojourner, you might say. Um, Does he have a self-awareness of what level or, yeah, what level he's at now? Like he, you said, he said he was at preschool and then grade school. Where is he currently? I mean, part of what the deal is with Kanye is he's also all over the map and he says crazy shit. So it's <laughs> it's a mix, right? I mean, he says, you know, he's the greatest artist of all time and yeah. was picked by God to represent God among, among celebrities and in the art world um, and how art has been taken over by like the devil right and he looks at his old work and the stuff he used to promote and that that was like demonic and now he's there to like fix the thing so um huh. yeah he's all over the map well, I, I, do you think he really believes that like his his job is to i don't know kick the devil out of art i think that um i think he really does believe some of this type of stuff and nailing down exactly what would would not be super trivial but i think he does have some true faith in himself as like a as a servant of god did you say that oliver careful is in the chat he is in the chat there he is damn the, the question is really who kanye would be the best butler for sounds like a hard a hard sell <laughs> <laughs> pretty erratic i mean according to kanye god I mean, he's, his whole thing is, you know, oh. kneel, bef kneel before no man, right? Um for God. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, dude. I'll send you a couple of these interviews. I'll send you one of them if, you, if you're interested. Because it's, it's cool. I am interested, actually. We are all God's butlers. Maybe you got to work your way up. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'm. <laughs> most people are God's just servants. Like Butler's the Butler's the top of the top, right? I feel like I'm I'm God's like I feel like God like has a minor subscription to my Patreon and he's like mega supporting me, but like it, waiting for me to step it up. <laughs> God's kitchen staff. <laughs> God, God, God's sous chef. God's apprentice to the kitchen staff. 
these <laughs> undersecretary to the uh, <laughs> to the fuck, <laughs> what do they call it when you're the the guy who's going to come in if the main actor doesn't show up? <laughs> the shadow. That was a word. You ever seen that movie Shadow? The Kung Fu movie. Yeah, I thought yeah. it wasn't as good as it looked. Like the trailer looked so amazing. Honestly, and I, the actual movie had terrible dialogue. I thought it was a little bit almost too stylized. Yeah, it was too stylized. Uh, Henry asked, has Connie explicitly said that he thinks his early work was satanic? He at least expresses regret about a lot of the content of it and has even hinted that he's going to redo it. I don't know if he will ever do this. I kind of hope he doesn't. He's even hinted that he would redo the old albums um, with like more wholesome themes, which sounds so bad to me, but... Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. I, I he, and he like hinted it, and I hope it was just a stupid thought. Meta Potato notes that I'm pretty close to the ground. In fact, I'm 2,100 yeah. feet. Yeah, I know. And your fuel is getting low. Like, what happens when your fuel goes to zero? It just stops. How do you get more fuel? I press some some key combination that I usually have to look up every week. You don't have to, like, stop for fuel? That's so unrealistic. <laughs> there might be some way to do that. I'm not sure that my... I think my... We'll... Is there any way you can, um, you know, like there are those refueling planes? Is there any way you can get a refueling plane to come up and give you fuel? Uh, no. Not that I know. Oh, can I tell you something amazing? Wait, you already know this. Okay. Tell the, tell the, tell our people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So to the people, um, once upon a time, Michael Kersey and I were in um, the Adirondack Mountains in New York with the four-star general, or I forget who's three-star or four-star. Uh, and he, he was over for dinner. Um, I made and a do you mistake. remember? <laughs> do you remember what that guy's project was in the past? I do. I, I I'm gonna want to. If we're talking about this, I'm gonna want to tell my steak story. But say your thing, yeah. Your snake story. Steak. Steak story. Yes. Is, was your steak story associated with this? Yes. I f I forget. I I do remember that when we went to Lake Placid, you ordered some sort of amazing brisket that I still think about. Oh God, you're making me hungry, dude. Um, uh, no, no, no. Your dad put... All right, I'm going to... Wait, do you want to say your thing about this snake, guy? It's a steak story. It's not a snake story. Someone someone put in the chat, it's a snake... I want to hear the snake story. Hold on. Continue your story, Tyler. Okay, okay. So, um, I might get some of the details wrong. If I remember correctly, this three or four star general was... <laughs> 3.5 star general was the um, former lead of this uh I think it might have been classified at a certain point uh operation called operation looking glass now what operation looking glass was um was where they had uh the, the military had a plane constantly in the sky over america like it only set i think it just never set down actually. yeah i think that's what he said um it was just constantly in the sky and the way it stayed in the sky was by having another plane like pull up and somehow refuel it, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I think it was. Out in the sky? Yep. Okay, so that happened. And then the point of this plane in the sky was that if the if the U.S. got just totally nuked by, like, Russia, for example, um, then the people in this plane would rebuild all of society, or at least American society. Like, they had the plans to rebuild American society, 
in the brains and the documents in this plane, and they could communicate with like the ground with radios. And presumably they had like ground locations that were, I don't know, like the, the, the places where you would rebuild civilization, American civilization or American society from. Um, and they would like coordinate that while in the sky. I just think that's incredible. Like, no, it's it, yeah. Yeah, someone wrote in the chat, metal. It is metal. Like, it it, <laughs> it feels like that's the exact sort of thing that. It's it, the type of shit you would like metal. your government to be doing, right? Like, exactly. That's the that's the thing I was gonna say. Like, if you yeah. if you compare like the coronavirus response to this, right? It's like, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the U.S. would have gotten nuked, and like we had, you know, that we did have all these protocols for what happens if there's a pandemic and it didn't really work out so maybe the u.s would have gotten nuked and these guys in the plane would have tried to communicate with the ground and like the radio signal wouldn't reach far enough and then the people would like not want to hear what they were saying i don't, I don't know but yeah. i mean the fact that it existed is, i find pretty amazing so now let me tell this steak story yes so you guys ready for this so we're there tyler's dad says hey we're having this guy over he's an old friend uh and I had been talking about making steak because I, I make steak. I'm pretty good at making steak. All right. So he yeah, says, we're going to we're gonna have some uh, steak, you know, and you can cook it. And I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, I'm like, kind of like this. He's like, no, 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 we got it. We'll get, you know, whatever you need. I'm like, okay, you know, all right, sounds good. And so um, uh, I go to take a nap, you know, because I was doing whatever. <laughs> I want to take a nap. Uh, Tyler's dad comes back and he's got... Um, First, so I said, oh, he's like, I'm going to the grocery store. I said, okay, just get some ribeyes and I'll, I'll cook it my way. He comes back, he's got strip steaks, and they are soaking in marinade, all right? And the problem is that I cook my steaks dry and oh. on a very hot surface. I cook them on a cast oh. iron pan and no marinade at all. He comes back, these things are marinating in like oil and like mustard and there's like mustard seeds in there, like tomatoes and shit like this. So we got these soaking wet steaks and stuff. Not only that, we try to set up the grill, which is not my preference. I like the cast iron pan. We didn't have a cast iron pan. Okay, fine. I'll use the grill. It's kind of the same thing. And the grill's not working and the time is ticking down, right? To when this badass is going to be coming to dinner and i got to make like six steaks for you know six people or whatever eight or whatever the fuck it was so a steak to impress a general so tyler's dad goes he goes oh no, no no don't worry about it we've got this uh hot plate and i look at the hot plate and it says uh you know it goes up to 450 degrees so i'm like sure i'll use the hot plate so i turn on the hot plate i'm using it i start cooking some of the steaks and i find out all too late that it's not really heating. It keeps like heating up and stopping heating. So the, the, the heat is kind of like oscillating between like probably like 200 degrees and like 100 degrees or whatever. And I'm slow cooking this soaking wet strip steak and it's just turning gray, right? It's just getting dry and like gray and like covered in stuff. There's no sear whatsoever. Finally, I'm like, fuck it. Okay. I crank the gas on the stove. I have a, a non, uh, not even a nonstick pan. It's just the, you guys had a... Uh, it's a it's metal a stick pan, pan, a stick pan, and I blast it, and I, I cook the steaks. I finally get it done, like in super high heat. The whole place is filling with smoke because we're burning all this marinade. And I get it done, and I realize I've got three good steaks and three 
shit stakes. All right. Oh. And I go to my friends. I go to Tyler and a couple of the oh, other Oh, right. Player, I got the shit stake. I'm pretty and, sure. And I said, guys, listen, you know I can make a great stake, but I got three shit stakes here and three good stakes. And I got to make, we got the guy coming over. They're like, hey, yeah, don't worry about it. And so we sit down, we're eating the steak and we're doing whatever. And in the middle of some story, this, you know, six foot five badass general goes, good steak. And then he keeps going with what he's talking about. So <laughs> yeah, we fucking pulled it out at the last moment. But... Someone wrote in the chat that sounds like pretty high stakes. <laughs> so... Is this the trolley problem? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's my steak story. Yeah. The trolley problem is do you screw over your friend by giving them the shit steak? Yeah. And the answer is yes. And it, yeah, that fucked me for life, basically. <laughs> Thank you, Soren. <laughs> Which Soren is this? Is this Soren from the Pareto Fellowship? Do I know you, Soren? I don't. I don't think so. I think he's Soren's from Twitter. Soren. Oh, okay. Too bad. What's the weather here? Yes, we're, we're surrounded by some kind of storms. We are in uh, Uzbekistan, and I turned on Yo, can storms. You, can you turn on like you know um, the Mad Max sequel? Can you get a sandstorm that has lightning and fire in it? That would be sick. Dude, I, I gotta get you back on sometime when I have the, the mods installed, because there's a couple oh, other options. mods, yeah. There are mods, but it's not it's not like a lot. Also, by the way, um, if you want to, we could play some GTA, and I got ridiculous mods in there, but I do like just cruising. I, mean, I kind of like this, this meditative activity of soaring amongst these dramatic clouds. Um, by the way, if you ever want to have me back on, yes. I got my significant other to agree... To be on with me is that good that <laughs> is that yeah. good for me <laughs> it's good yeah she's really she's really smart i, I believe you. does she do watercolor <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> no what does she do she's i call her i'm learning a lot from her actually i call her a context artist i made up that label for her because she's an artist but her medium is basically people uh-huh so she's the sort of person who will like go into a room full of people who are um, talking lots of bullshit, and then she'll do something, right? And suddenly they'll be talking like enlightened people. So she—it sounds like she's a little bit of a guru. She's sort of like yeah, actually, people kind of treat her that way, and it's awkward for her, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm intrigued. Not the worst problem to have. Yeah, it's yeah. You could have like a peg leg or something. Like... <laughs> she makes <laughs> someone commented. She makes art out of people in a serial color. Oh, what is that Lovecraft story that they redid in? Um, ugh, they did it. Redid it in Fallout Four. It is called Pikmin's. Pikmin's something. Anyway. Oh, I never read that one. You know, you got me into Lovecraft. I read a lot of Lovecraft because you. Nice. That's great. But I only read the classics. She draws pen 15 on them with Sharpie. <laughs> and then kills them. <laughs> and then and kills them and stitches together their bodies. Into Into a giant Frankenstein. <laughs> I liked, um, what's that one? Innsmouth? Shadow, oh, yeah. Shadow out of Innsmouth. Over Innsmouth? Is that what it's called? I don't, yeah, something like that. Man, that's an atmospheric story. I've been thinking about just doing some readings. Um, yes. Yeah, dude, I mean, we had a great episode last week. By the way, this is the first episode of 
philosophers on Twitch playing Flight Simulator Season 2. Um, <laughs> and uh, every 10 episodes is a season, I've decided. And as our in-between season activity, we did a movie night where we watched Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Um, a completely hilarious film. And there's a lot of movies we can watch on stream, and it was a great time. So, Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about movies right now? I have a new favorite director. Let's do it. Okay, have you seen anything by, I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, Paolo Sorrentino? I don't know. What's he made? He's made The Great Beauty, which won Best Foreign Film, I think, maybe in the, I always mix up the Oscars and the Golden Globes, one of them. Right. Um, He also made, maybe more notably, uh, The Young Pope and The New Pope. Right. I watched... I watched the first few episodes of one of them. Do they both have Jude Law? Both, yeah, both um, the young Pope and the new Pope have Jude Law in them. Okay, I the don't second know. one it's like more like Jude Law doing a cameo sort of thing. Okay, I think I saw the f- couple episodes of the first one. Mm, it gets better. So if you gave up too early, I would, right. I would keep going. Yeah, I wasn't in the mood at the time, but it, I, I, I take a recommendation seriously. Okay, so he made these shows, mm-hmm. and he's your dude now. He's my dude now because, um, well, so first of all, uh, he's, I, I think he, he, whatever cinematographer he works with, yeah, their collaboration is just super on point. All his shots, like you could take a, you could just take a screenshot of any shot in a Sorrentino film or show, right? and you could hang it on your wall. It's like, it, it, it's like my Twitch stream, like that. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> like, it's just like you're playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so second of all, wait, do you want me to keep going? I am curious, but I also have a, a question that's occurring to me. But yeah. What is it? What is it? I want you to tell me how, how you would break into film. Oh, if I became, like, uh, do I get to choose what I do in film? Like, can I be anything? No, you're you in real life, and, you get, and you're trying to become uh, as, uh, you're trying to become, like, auteur status. You're trying to become, you have control over making big budget pimp movies so like, with the best guys I'm like a director not like an actor writer right right right. yeah let's say i'm a writer director you just want to make great shit you I know like where you have a lot of control so like a tarantino or a nolan i guess they're both directors um this but a they question. also yeah can i think about it for a second yes but you, you got to give me this advice because there's some part of me that's like i should fucking break into film and i'm actually thinking about it oh my god we got some beautiful mountains over here these are great um, I don't know if you saw. I th- wait. Maybe this is your response. I think I asked on my birthday. Like, imagine you could get me to do anything. Like, or, or, or no, that wasn't the question. It was something like, imagine that there's something that I should be doing other than what I'm doing. What yes. should it be? And someone thought I thought I should go into film as a basically as this as like an auteur. Right. Um, Dude, hmm. we should both do it. Okay. You mean both think about it and then answer the question? No, we should both break in a film. <laughs> together as yeah. like uh we'll be like the coen brothers except unrelated we can carry out a drama of decades in which we compete and collaborate oh. and like you know etc like uh like an ender's game the brother and the sister and what are they lock and demosthenes we, we can we can do the kayfabe and the real shit like we oh, can yes. we can bend we can have your gf bend reality of the social fabric while right. we make cool shit yeah she'll just, just be uh, having quantum effects on the social field 
Um, okay, what would I do? I think what I would do, I think that's a great place to start. I'm surprised kayfabe doesn't get used more. I mean, maybe it just does get used really often. Yeah. And we just don't know. Um, but I, I don't know of any kayfabe in the auteur, like, director world. Do you? Of, of two directors fighting it out? You know, it's interesting. I am thinking of a lot of the, like, e-news style, like, who's dating who shit. Mm. And I imagine some of that's pretty performative, but I don't have a really clear example in mind. What would be our drama? Um, I don't know. We could do, we could have a romantic drama. Love triangle. <laughs> oh, you mean between you and me? No, like a love triangle. Okay, people use the word love triangle when they actually mean a love line. <laughs> What's a love line? Like, the, the a triangle would be that I'm in love with you, you're in love with me, and we're also both in love with a third person. That's a, that's too much. <laughs> that's yeah, too so much. That's, I think that's a full love triangle. A love right. line would be you and me love the same person, and we're no, like no, this, no, no, I figured it out. Forget the romantic thing. A love that's, angle. A love angle. Exactly. No, no, no. Okay, here's here's what it is. We need to get in a fist fight at a famous like New York bar over a philosophical difference that is supposedly instantiated in our films. And get people watching it's the film. It should be at a film festival with people watching, right? Why yeah, yeah. In a New York bar. Yeah, that could be pretty good. That's pretty good. It'd be at like the hotel cocktail bar, right? Where I smash a glass into like a shiv. Yeah. And and you you put some ketchup packets in your shirt. Right. And and I get to stab you. And then what happens is you actually stab me by accident, but oh, that was yeah. planned and, too. And that's the story. And the story is they were gonna kayfabe a fake fight. <laughs> But Tyler actually hates him because of this love angle, and uh, he uh, he spiked the cocktail. And went psycho. <laughs> Are you gonna? I'm sorry. I have to make you bedridden for this to work. To do a meta kayfabe. Right. I guess you got to go all the way. Yeah. You yeah. know. Wait. I, I kind of want to seriously answer the question. How yeah, would, yeah. How would one break into? Oh, do it. You're at one percent fuel. You know this, right? Oh no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, you're well, do you like cruising around here? Or should we do a new location? This is pretty boring. I want to fly through a city. But look at these cool cracks. No, we can fly through a city. Think of what city you'd want to do. Once Dubai. We... You want to do Dubai? We can do Dubai. We've we got really tall buildings and wide avenues, right? Well, let's do Dubai. I've done Dubai before, but fuck it. Oh let's no, go no, back. Do, do something else. Don't do don't do a repeat. Then give me give me some ideas. We could what's do a, what's. A... Hong Kong would be cool. Um, yeah, yeah, Hong yeah. Kong. We could, we could do Hong Kong. Um, hmm. What would be a shortcut? I mean, the shortcut would probably just be befriending some sort of famous actor hmm. and then getting them to be in your movie, right, for free. Hmm. Like, convince them of your vision. You get, like, Brad Pitt... You're an unknown, but Brad Pitt's in your film. So then everyone's like, what? Right. And then they watch your film. I think that's it. That's like the simplest way. And I think people misunderstand how possible doing something like that is. Right. You've got some, you've got some stories about getting cool people to do cool shit. It's true. Yeah. And it's, I sort of don't want to tell them because I've told them like a thousand times, but it's, let's just say it's possible. It, it, the way to do it is usually you do, um, 
some sort of like social proof cascade type of thing mm. uh, where you get like a first significant person to say yes to, I don't know, joining a dinner party. And then you use that to get the like more significant people to say yes. And then it just like cascades until you have a bunch of people who think like you're Gatsby and they show up to your dinner party uh -huh. um, and they, they assume that everyone else also knows who you are. But like half the people are cold invites. Um, that's, right. that's that's the thing I've, I, I did a few times when I was uh, doing like fundraising inside of effective altruism, like trying to bring in philanthropists. Oyster um, says, how do, you, "How do you get the first? Uh, okay, yeah. Well, that's that is a little bit harder. Um, I think I was just mm, yeah. In that case, I was just lucky to meet some of the right friends who had viable firsts. So, how would you do the, How would you do it if you didn't already have the first? I don't know. Like, okay, actually, I know, I know exactly how you how you would do it. You would be like my friend Brian Cateman, who I think you've met, right, Crazy? I don't. I've heard his name a billion times. I, I'm not sure if I've met him oh, in really? person yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think what you would do, like his, his tactic, which worked um, for him in getting a, so eventually he got a he got a book published with a, an advance contract from Penguin for like twenty thousand uh -huh. um, dollars. Basically, I think the way he started out was just cold emailing like hundreds of famous people. <laughs> Holy shit! And I think something like only one or two or something like that said yes to what he was asking. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? Like, it, you know, it's, 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 it was, he got like a 0.5% success rate. Right. But that's actually all, all of what all you, you need. need. You don't need more than that. Because right. then you get a first and then it's much easier to get a second after you get a first. Right. So you just need basically the balls to like, this is, this is how I fundraised for my first nonprofit too. Um, this thing called the think tank. Basically, oh, you're, you're, oh man, you're, you're falling. Are you, are you okay? Do you need to I, refuel? I'm just having fun cruising. I, I mean, we're going to go to Hong Kong in a second anyway. Okay. okay. So I'm just going to cruise. So, you know, basically, what I did was a, uh, it was a This is pod science. racing. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. It's like the Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nice. Um, I think what I, what I did for that was I, uh, <laughs> Henry, it's like social momentum. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I um, basically found mailing lists of tons of different professors in cognitive science and educators and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I sent, uh, I just sent an email to, I think, like thousands, of, it must have been like thousands of people mm -hmm. in, involved in either teaching cognitive science or researching cognitive science. And, um, you know, not that very many, I think it was a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo that I was using to fundraise and right. only, you know, only a few initial people actually responded. And of those, like only a small percentage actually donated to the Indiegogo but yeah. then that, that got the engine running. And then from there, um, I ended up raising like, while I was still in college, something like, I forget how much it was like $20,000, something like that. Um, because eventually like it, you know, it got on a bunch of newsletters and then, uh, a motive, uh, which was a brain computer interface company, sponsored it. Um, so I think you, you can do that to get a first. And it's, you know, it's pretty high effort. You might think actually, right. it's not that high effort. It doesn't take that long. Um, but it takes some balls. It takes some and some intent. Some and you got to be yeah. willing to eat some of the like, is this too spammy or something like that? Um, yeah, but you know, the, you, you know, people like Michael Vassar, right, or like Alex K. Chen. They're just there are people in the world who are not very charismatic or socially skilled. I mean, they, they're charismatic in their own way. Yes, this is, this is going on YouTube, like really by the way, just so you know. <laughs> what? This is going on YouTube, by the way. 
Just so you I know. know. All right. If Alex K. Chen and Basser, if you hear me talking about you and saying you're a little bit socially awkward, I endorse everything that I say. Right <laughs> <now>. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think I that's think, all I, I wanted. That's all yeah. I wanted. <laughs> um, but you know, they're, they're they have a remarkable success rate at eventually just like talking to really famous people. Right. Um, and uh, I think most people just don't have their persistence. Right. Totally. So I think this is how to break into the film industry. So you'd start with something like that, and then you'd get someone to be, like, in your film. Yeah, yeah. It could even um, be, like, a B-list actor. Like, at least a name that people have heard of. And then yeah. you can just go around, and then you have this initial film. It's probably not good because it's your first film. Yeah. But you can at least name drop this actor, and then that will snowball to getting, like, higher and higher you know, prestige people onto your film and, and, and higher, higher skill people, like better camera people, better sound right. people. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, you need to have vision to begin with, right? Maybe that's worth talking about because that, that actually seems harder. Like, yeah. do you have sufficient vision to, to create a film that's worth actually watching and not just a waste of people's attention spans? Right. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? I feel like I just ranted for too long. Well, I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to here to here to talk. <laughs> right, the um, talk show. But um, yeah, talk show. Here, here's my new idea: a talk show, but nobody talks. <laughs> <laughs> um, like a silent talk show. <laughs> a silent talk show. Um, I told you about my uh, what the hell was it? I had some stupid idea. It's a oh yeah, the podcast. Did you hear about the podcast? Bod? Are you saying Bod? B-O-D? Yeah, Bodcast. Bodcast? No, never heard of it. So the Bodcast is where two people silently reveal their bods to each other on a Zoom call. And totally silently. Whole thing takes 20 minutes. It's not sexual. Um, Uh You're not Uh supposed to put it there. You just bod reveal. And then they silently give uh, nonverbal signs of recognition, appreciation, hopefully, you know, acknowledgement an interaction and then you publish that and what you're doing mm. is you're you're bringing back the aesthetic of the appreciation of the body not from a sexual point of view but merely from the an aesthetic point of view I and are they that, having like uh you know like in the second in asimov's second foundation the, I still the second foundation members could like talk to one another just with the Welcome body like just with their fingers and twitches podcast. and stuff like that and i mean if, Jesuit do that too? if they can do that then yeah we just gotta so follow you have that as part of it Welcome, Embryosophy. Thank for thank you for showing up. Good to see you. Um, yeah, if those people can do that, then they can do that. By the way, we're in, we're at Hong Kong International. I'm gonna go over to the city. Um, yeah, this looks nothing like Hong Kong to me, Kersey. Bro. It's just the airport. Airports are always in such terrible locations. Awesome. I mean, this is kind of nice, actually. Yeah, it's cool. Surrounded um, by water. I think where the fuck is Hong Kong <laughs> from here? An age-old question. Yeah, um, got any Hong Kongers in the chat? <laughs> Someone said in the chat, he's invented OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, no, it's non-sexual. Doesn't have, have Benny Jesuit communication. Yeah, bro. Between the bodily elite. The bodily elite. The, the bodily elite. That's weird. <laughs> I think... <laughs> This game needs Google Maps. Bing isn't cutting it. I hear you. 
I that might also be a mod that's available where you actually that you actually use Google Maps. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Bing. Bing has some issues. I don't know where Hong Kong is. I'm gonna look left because that kind of looks promising. Yeah, it gets it's getting a little bit more urban over to the left. Yeah, I think so. But we're also right by Shenzhen, so. Mm. I just want to see you cruise down an avenue between the buildings. I think that would be cool. It's it's hard to do. Believe it or oh, not, yeah? but yeah, I'm, I'll, I don't give a shit. You can't stop me. This is looking like. Hong Kong's spread over a couple islands. Uh, I believe it's a mainland and an island. Alright, so, wait, Crazy, what would you make a movie about? I, I've had a few ideas. Nothing is that super worked out. Um, this isn't Hong Kong. <laughs> it looks really boring whenever this is. It's all the buildings. Look at these buildings. They're so monotonous. Well, Almost like Soviet architecture. You gotta appreciate other cultures, dog. Um, it's a bunch of plus signs. Where are we? Hmm. This is like some exurb of. It's kind of weird. I don't know if you saw that to the left, the thing you flew over before. It was this cluster of buildings in like a square mm -hmm. made of plus signs. Right. It's a little weird. It's kind of, I think that's a, here we go, there's more of those. I think it's an efficient way to have humans exist, maybe, but have them all have light might be a way to, might be a reason. <laughs> Cruciform high-rises offer the most amount of light. Mechanical Monk says go east. Uh, go east. Right. It's not up here or something? You're, you're right. I mean, I'll go east. Uh, I'll, I'll answer your question. A lot of the things I would really love to have exist someday in movies are, it, it's unfortunately, I mean, the easiest thing to think of is it's just big budget shit. Um, yeah. Have I told you about my Sacred Band of Thebes movie? No. Do you know Tell about this? Do you know about the Sacred Band of Thebes? No. Sacred Band of Thebes was a group of Theban uh, homosexual elite warriors, and they were no couples. Way. It was like 150 couples or 200 couples or something like that. No way. Way. And Wait, they were were they recruited as couples or were yes. they turned into couples? No, I, th I think they were recruited. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. But there's a perfect rise and fall arc because they have these like glorious victories for a while and then they get defeated at some battle. I don't know if it's a civil war or whatever. But the way you would do it, I'm, I'm going to go east. It's the RW on the map. I don't know. Oh, the RW is Hong Kong. All right, let's go. So the way you do the movie, and this would be very important, mm -hmm. is... You would, basically, they'd be fucking badasses because they're classical warriors, right? I mean, they're like the fucking green berets of the classical world. And you'd yeah. want to show them, in my opinion, part of the purpose of this is to, to separate the idea of femininity and homosexuality. And the reason, because historically speaking, it's like not, like fabulous or whatever is an invention. And I don't know exactly, I don't know when it's invented. Okay, this is looking more like Hong Kong that we're coming up on. Um, I don't know when it's invented, but I, it's probably 20th century San Francisco. I don't even know. But um, but the reason you, you would do this and you would show these people just being like fucking hard asses, right? And there's yeah. a version where they're like, I think they need to be less hot than 300. I think they need to be like less hot. Why less would you hot. Make why would you make them less hot? Because this is a gritty movie. Because it's not. Uh, because it's 
it's masculinity of that brutal sort, right? And it's people with, right. they're, they're, I don't know about like ugly, but like they'd be jacked. Scars. They'd have scars. They'd be pockmarked. Gashes. They'd be like a little bit fat sometimes. And they'd be One just like. Missing a leg. Yeah. And they'd just be like bricking people. I mean, they'd just be like ruining people and just fucking shit up. But also you would not shy away from showing them being coupley, right? And mm, it's mm. not, it's not like pornographic in any way but you know you'd show them loving each it's other beautiful that's one of my visions that was a movie that like i don't i'm like pro the only reason i would be the right person to make this is only because i care about the concept of masculinity and i care about history and i want yeah. it made but there's many reasons why i wouldn't be the right person to make it so um but anyway oh yeah here we go we, we are in is, hong kong that's a legitimately good idea especially like given given the current day environment right where i think if you make a movie about gay people like, um, I think people want to, like, like, there's a big audience for that, right? Um, and, that, whoa, what just happened? I, I paused us just so we could look at, so this doesn't actually look exactly what it looks like in real life. Oh, maybe I'm looking at the wrong ones. Okay, just so people know, as far as I know it, I've been to Hong Kong a couple times. To our right is the island of Hong Kong. And this is Kowloon, which is across and attached to the mainland. And uh, if we proceed to the island, I will be able to show... I'm doing this for a Hong Kong. I like how the but... International Commerce Center looks like the monolith from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. So <laughs> this this building to our right that says International Finance Center on it. If you watch uh, the Dark Knight, there's a part where Batman goes after. Yes. Right. He goes after the Hong Kong. That's such a good scene. Oh my god. When and he like flies he, through the air, right? He jumps from one of these to the other. So there's a taller. IFC building and there's a shorter one and I don't know exactly where the shorter one is but he flies from one to the other and um, yeah. it's somewhere here on the skyline oh well, wait what's that what's the, look uh, to the left go, go left and down there's a cool looking building yeah the convention what is convention that? center it's like, yeah I don't know convention center I don't really know what they do there presumably they is have it? like is it evil or good or um, I, I can't I can't make up my mind about this aesthetic. Right here, I'm going to get a little closer without uh, without breaking our terrorism rule. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm just eyeballing that one on to our left that with that shiny gold. That's pretty cool. It's like what is it, gold plated on the side? Yeah, I, I don't know how perfect these these models are. Oyster's mentioning the rip walled city. Yeah, there's a there was a walled Kowloon? city in Kowloon. Yeah, it's super it, big influence on Blade Runner. I think it might have been. Really? I think so. I think it might have been Hong, did, Hong Kong in general. What did you think of the Blade Runner sequel? Uh, I thought it was cool as hell, but honestly, I'll just go back and forth over Hong Kong. Okay, here's my opinion. It was beautiful, but the original Blade Runner is like three lines of poetry okay it's like one line of poetry the original blade runner is so concise and elegant and like the perfect balance of like cool new shit and stylized and the music is second like it's very much concise and the new blade runner is like if you give someone that palette and are just like yeah fuck it make some cool shit and like <laughs> basically that's villanueva right um yeah I oh, think... Wait, wait, wait. I, I learned recently. Do you know how you really pronounce his name? No. I didn't what? know this until recently. I say. It's like Villanui. 
Where is he from? Is that Spanish? Like actual Spain? I think, I think well, I think his, his ethnicity, I think, is from is different from his nationality. I, I'm pretty sure he's Canadian. Okay. Like maybe French Canadian. But his, his name is actually pronounced, as, as far as I uh, remember, his name was pronounced in an interview as Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. That, yeah, wait, 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 someone's saying something good. The new one had more vastness and sculptural cinematic space in it. That's what I liked about it. And and it's, so that director, whose name is impossible to say, um, <laughs> excels at atmosphere. Sicario yes. is all atmosphere. Incredible. There's a, there's a, there's a plot too, but it's like, it's an atmosphere movie. So I, I yeah. think we got, we got a, we got what we would get out of him, which is, sick yeah. atmospheres and then like there's yeah there's some plot and like ryan gosling's cool but um <laughs> that was my opinion about about that and so are you worried i guess you're probably worried about um the new dune movie i'm not worried i think it's gonna be sick i don't know that it's gonna okay here's my opinion on remakes people get so upset when the remake is like done wrong you just need to yeah. fucking let that hope die right because <laughs> so many of them are bad and you just like you got people need to take a shot at it, right? And you know, yeah, it's it's not going to be perfect, but I think it'll be cool as hell. And we might it might be great, it might be legendary, and we will certainly get some like god tier visuals and and vibes. I think. I'm just a little bit worried that like it will be a near miss and doom near miss in terms of delivering like the mimetic bomb, right? That is doom. And if that happens, then it, then we're gonna have to wait like what twenty more years to like redeliver another remake. That's why we need to get into movies, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Soren says that the original Blade Runner isn't concise; it's long and boring. I, I, <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I might buy. Okay, I have this pr problem, which is that I don't think almost anything is boring. When I think something's boring, other people have like already killed themselves, and. Uh, <laughs> When I was in high school, I read My Antonia, and everyone in my class was just dying at this long, slow book about, like, Nebraska and how, like, empty Nebraska is, like, the topic of this book. And I asked my teacher, when does the boring part start? Because <laughs> I just finished part one. And she said, oh, like, part one is the part that people hate. So I have a extreme tolerance for vibey um, kind of stuff, and I, I'm cool not skipping to the next part of the plot a lot of the time. But if the if the atmosphere is good, so that might explain a difference in opinion. Whether I can change the how's your drinking? I'm stuck guy? on. I'm stuck in terms of the books. I'm I'm still stuck on Dune Five. I've been reading Dune Five for like two years. Uh huh. I can. It's it's good, but it's it's also. I mean, it's it's good in terms of concept, but the writing is really bad. The plotting yeah. is really drawn out. Right. And I, I still haven't been able to finish it. Um, oh, we got a call-in request. Okay, yeah, nice. Call-in request. Let's do it. Um, real quick. Oh, yeah, we got Wandry. Wandry, I'm going to let you in in a second. I'm just going to quick comment. Um, w says, examples of other things that are long and boring but still good. In my opinion, I actually think that the Dune book, especially part one, is like that. It took me some time yes. to be able to appreciate it, but I actually these days I like the geopolitics. I like the long, slow, like what is that? What am what am I thinking about? What they're thinking about? What I'm thinking? Um, so I'd have to Wait, think here, about it more. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Name of the Wind, Book One. 
you find you found wait you mean name of the wind or chronicles book one yeah i I think basically nothing happens until what like a quarter of the way through maybe even maybe even later yeah it's interesting i i remember that being you know fucking full of juice but um why don't we why don't we bring wandre in the chat Dragon drop. Why didn't that work? Dragon drop. Uh oh. Dragon drop. Hey, hey, Wandre. Hello. What's up, dog? You're on Philosophers on Twitch playing Flight Simulator with Tyler Alterman. Just because you guys are talking about Blade Runner 2049, I think. If you guys haven't heard of James Terrell, you would both like him a lot. Who is that? Uh, yes, so similar vibe. I, so I highly recommend looking him up. Um, maybe on stream if, if it was chill, like just like yeah. Google image search him. Um, also, Kersey, since you're into Kanye, pretty sure Kanye is a big uh, Terrell fan as well. James uh, Terrell. That's interesting. So his deal is just that he makes like little like environments and rooms i guess the scale kind of depends on where he's working like Mm. he's done a bunch of permanent installations like in like lots of random places like i've i there's like a vegas casino one maybe like an airport one and then he'll do them in like people's houses but primarily he'll do it in like galleries and stuff where basically you walk into a room sometimes it's all white Sometimes it's like a dark space. And then what he does is he takes like a wall and uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of extrude? Maybe it is extrude. It's like he in, like cuts a hole in the wall. Intrude. In, he intrudes into the wall. Intrude. He like cuts a hole into the wall. Yeah. And then makes a space behind the wall that he then lights. Mm-hmm. And then look at it. You, oh, you don't necessarily know you're looking into a space with depth. You, you might just be like looking at a wall that a projector projected light onto. How do you pronounce uh, spell this guy's T Y R R E L? T U R R E L L. James. Um, okay, yep. here. Let me throw on a little. Uh, let's get a little. Actually, huh? let me make sure this is valid um let's get a little uh little window capture um james terrell cool it'll show up in a minute yeah i'm (laughs) behind i guess tyler is as well yeah 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 so I can see why Kanye likes this because this is kind of like yeah. his shit. Yeah, actually. Also, hotline, hotline bling like is like a huge yeah. rip on Terrell. Um, huh. So, so this stuff is very cool, and like, if you ever have the chance to see an exhibit, it's like I, I, you know, I'd put it way up there on mm-hmm. the, my recommendations. Mm. But there's a second thing with him that's fucking insane. You just scrolled past the photo. I mean, I guess I'm behind, but. Uh, he <laughs> he bought up in uh, Wyoming, Arizona, somewhere. It's a huge tract of land mm-hmm. 
called the uh, Rodin Crater, I think. Okay. And he's turning it into what is he called? Like a natural light observatory. Damn, dude. Where so cool. He's making all these tunnels and spaces and things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That will, I think, both be a viewer for just like, you know, day-to-day weather or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think also has some lineup with celestial events. There's something, so, I was going like, to say, there's something very Mayan about this. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I think that like, at for certain celestial things, like, it'll be a setup to look at that. There we go. And it's like, he raised like a fuck. He moved. I think the like the stat they give is like moving like what is it a million tons, a million cubic feet, a million pounds, like some absurd amount of land <laughs> in order to build this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of lens for yeah, yeah. So Sweet. that that object super cool. I don't think it's open yet, but it will be at some point, and I definitely want to visit. But yeah, just because I think yeah, it's a good guide to know about. He's super cool, and then Love it. yeah, a lot of the light stuff. I think like. I've I've looked up, you know, like when Drake did a hotline blink, was he thinking of Terrell or something like that? And I think a lot of the times the artist will be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh right. Time, like this wasn't <laughs> Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you look at uh what is it? So um so I, this is a little bit different. So Jesus is king. Um It's interesting. Look, he just fucking a Kanye West film only in IMAX. What it, it has Terrell shit in it. <laughs> all right. First of all, I got. I have to fucking see that. What the hell is that? I'm gonna watch that later. Um, Looks but, like a keyhole. Yeah, it's interesting because you've seen some of those like r- ridiculous like Kanye um, T-shirts. Um, Donkey made a video about these. Yeah, dude, the ducky video is a fucking these, amazing. So some some of these are like, okay, that's cool. But like this shit was selling for like a lot of money. And it's like it's just like you know, they got like fucking what do you call that? Like word art or whatever, like little what the fuck am I looking at? Like Um So it's interesting to see because there's something totally dope about it, but it, it's Look, he's got multiple Jesuses. He's got the black Jesus. He's got the white Jesus. Kanye um, fucks. Kanye fucks. <laughs> like, what do you want to say? Kanye fucks. Right. You know, <laughs> this, this one. Um, with the lightning and shit. In case anyway. I want to get so famous that I can get away with selling t-shirts with word art. Yeah, dude. Um, well, thank you, uh, Wandre, for, for that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll yeah, check yeah. out. I'll check out. More of the Terrell. It's interesting to get that cool. connection. Very, very glad to be sharing the joy of Terrell. Totes. Um, Peace. Yes, you do. Ow. <laughs> hey, Kersey, I have yes. a question for you. We're going to make it snowy in Hong Kong, even though that never happens. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I saw in that, in, in that Kanye article, there was a quote, I think Kanye saying, um, someday we will all live in James Terrell spaces. Uh-huh. Um, it, it reminded me of a lot of thinking I've been doing about like mm, I think I think I put out a Twitter post on this on, on civic aesthetics. Okay. Like the, the sort of styles of the time that characterize everything from architecture to like basically living living style. So like everything from architecture to the objects that you have on your table to like lamps and furniture yeah. and things like that. So yeah. like you know, classic examples 
Art Nouveau, Art Deco, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the the one to, I, I think there is one today, like a coherent high kind of there's the high status coherent civic aesthetic today. I don't know if there's the right name for it, but I'll call it civic aesthetic. Is something like um, Apple Store, mm. <laughs> basically. Yeah, like everything things are white. Things are minimalist. Um, sometimes they're even smooth. Um, and, and there's the version where it's got like wood or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. Right. Sometimes there's just like uh, a sort of like light wood. Right. That that complements it. Um, I I find it like I I think in small doses it's pretty nice. It's 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 like a space where you can um, have expansive thoughts. And so sometimes mm. I'll go to spaces. Sometimes I'll literally just go to Apple stores to work. Uh-huh. And I feel like I don't have a lot of mental space. Right. Um, but I, I think it's really not the thing that should be the dominant um, aesthetic of our times for like, you know, you walk into an old an old person's house in San Francisco, um, which I did once with Riva. Riva. Riva took us on like a tour of mm-hmm. uh, like old old people residences where we gave them um, roses for Valentine's Day. And yeah. inside, just the amount of like, texture on of, of the space like in terms of the wallpaper in terms of like really intricate objects that they had like the space felt really alive and it was coherent in a way that didn't overwhelm you yeah um, and um I'm, I'm curious what you think like is a viable uh 2020s version of that like what if, if you were a dictator of the world and you had what the aesthetic was like yeah. your, your version of Art Nouveau, what do you think it would look like? So I'm, I am don't know that I have the very best opinions on this. My, my opinions are, are still a little bit like in a formation process. One thing I'll say is I'm in... Intri- aesthetic. Someone, what, Oyster, Oyster is saying, that, are you familiar with the raw aesthetic? I think this is, that's the one that I'm worried about. Yeah. The raw aesthetic? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Chrissy. No, we, could, we can do pictures. I mean, especially if anybody, I don't know, sends in some pictures or something like that. But um, the... I'm interested, conceptually speaking, at least, in the idea of archaeofuturism. Um, what is that? I've never heard of that. As I understand it, and I'm going to make somebody upset by, by framing it this way, but as I understand it, it's the explicit intent to take the best of the past and the future. Um, hmm. And I'm interested in like sort of settling back into some of those more classic styles like neoclassical, like classical, like Art Deco. Um, I, I actually kind of like Art Deco. Um, yeah. And then sort of residing in that and then asking like, okay, but what does the future want for me a little bit? And mm-hmm. there's something like not just imitating the past, but somehow extending it. Um, and yeah. it's not like you carve out the inside of a Gothic cathedral and like make it an Apple store. That's like fucking sickening, right? It's like... <laughs> It's like, I'm just, I find that shit cool. But again, this is a little bit at a distance and from a philosophical perspective, not necessarily from the most um, informed, like aesthetic, like whatever. Um, I think I need to really form opinions or I think I'd like to form opinions on architecture, um, for example, and interior design. I don't know. I I feel like you can tell how this shit makes you feel. I think... That the the process you described did happen with Art Deco. I guess in my if if you look at things that happened post Art Deco, it feels like the the thing that we have now is kind of 
it feels like Art Deco led to the super modernist style um, that, uh, like, like I think I think you can see the early remnant, uh, early signs of like the thing that we have now, which is just like glass skyscrapers mm. in Art Deco. Like, I think that's not very far away. Right. And I think basically the lineage, it feels like we're, we're still in that lineage. So I would kind of shy away from that's Art Deco just because it feels like it, it lends itself too easily to uh, a modernism of like the efficiency minimalist aesthetic. It's interesting though, because I think Rand liked art deco and, or at least Randians like art deco and all that stone and these like images of like powerful beings and stuff is not, does not exist in the, in the glass sculpture. That's true. You know? Yeah. I like that. I like that stuff. Like the fucking like compass that's like also like the rays of the sun and there's like a guy <laughs> pulling a lever and you're like it's yeah. kind of almost Soviet a little bit but but it's not because it's American they've got it at the fucking Rockefeller Center so it was like it was like humans humans posing as Greek gods almost. yeah it's kind of like an it's all it's like an industrial capitalistic like American you know Greek gods thing no god only man no gods or kings. Is the line, is the line, yeah. No gods or kings, only men is the line in, uh, that fucking Bioshock. Bioshock. <laughs> Soren says he looked up civic aesthetics and all he got was Honda Civics, so. I made that term up. I don't know what the right, there must be a term for, like, like, what is the thing that Art Deco and Art Nouveau are? Well, someone could say they're aesthetics. A stylistic movement? Uh, arch architecture movement? But it's, I'm, I'm talking about beyond architecture because you have like Art Nouveau Furniture lamps. And stuff. Um, yeah, what is and Art what Nouveau is... book design, even graphic design? You know who we should ask is uh, Lapsus, Lapsus Lima. Also him. Also Rather than not. Oh, yeah, Lapsus Lima. Are you going to have her on? Did you ever have her? We, we may at some point. Um, or, or, um, or her husband, who's got some interesting projects he's working on. But yeah, he's an or both. Okay, so well, someone, you know, we'll tweet at him. Yeah. What's the word for that? I don't know how I feel about this music. I'm going to shift our music, which you can't hear, but where'd it go? Hmm. I, um, should we? I know people ask some questions on the on, on the Twitter. Should we take some of those? I, I'm just noticing we haven't. Totally. You said, you said we're taking, you said drunk Tyler is taking questions and we haven't taken any. And also, I'm not even drunk. I only have, I honestly, I'm, I'm a little bit scared because I, I think I'm a lightweight now. Uh huh. This is the first drink I've had all year. Yes. <laughs> Damn. So I'm taking it really slow. Just right. In case. Well, I, um, have to eat a can of chicken with some Cholula so I could do that while you take a question. Okay. Wait, wait. Oh, you mean like look. So you're saying you're gonna get a can of chicken? While I, I have it right here. Fun to answer. Oh, okay. You... No, I have it. I'm on a I'm on a diet as as uh, <laughs> as some know. You're on like the, the depression age diet. <laughs> I'm on the lose weight real fucking fast diet, and that involves Cholula. In your oh my, what is this? Canned chicken, ninety calories, baby. This is fucked up. Nah, dude. <laughs> You know what's fucked up is not taking care of your body. <laughs> this is taking care. Of, this is what taking care of your body looks like. So, dude, I've been having, I've been doing like six to eight hundred calorie days, two on, and then I have a two thousand calorie day. 
Why? Why are you doing this? I'm just shredding weight, dude. It's fun. It's melting off. Surge Brothers drunk. Weight? I thought it's bit you were you were causing me to gain weight on purpose. Remember? Yeah, because you, you were lifting. Into, yeah, you. I think you, through your and Harvey's advice, I gained twenty five pounds in the end. That was on Med's advice. What? That was on Med's advice. Oh, sorry, it was on Med, not Harvey. Right. You know, twenty five pounds, I think, over two and a half months. Right. Yeah, I, I'm fat though. You were skinny as shit. You're not fat, dude. Not fat, better than I want to be. Are you fat now? You got fat over COVID. I I got fatter over COVID. Oh, man. potato so This bring is no back incentive fat, to not be fat. Yeah, I mean. Well, anyway, I got my canned chicken here, so I'm doing good. <laughs> um, taking care of your body's a bit fucked up. Not gonna lie. <laughs> dude, I had a friend. <laughs> want to talk about bad relationship to your body? I had a friend, this dude was jacked, and I was like, you know, talking like, oh, you know, like, how do you do it? You know, what's your kind of mindset? And he says, you know, it just takes one thing. You just got to look in the, f the mirror and, and look at yourself and say, I just hate how I look. I hate it, and I'm no. disgusted by it. And he's doing one of these. I don't know, man. It worked for him. <laughs> yeah, but that's like optimized. That's like Goodhart's law. He was trying to optimize for one thing at the cost of everything else. Not rec it's not an official recommendation of philosophers on Twitch playing Flight Simulator that you use self-hatred to motivate um, <laughs> your pursuit of beauty. Have you uh, ever done that? You probably have, right? I mean, I, I've done fucked up shit, yeah. Um, mentally speaking. Um, <laughs> Embryosophy asked, how's your energy level with your calorie practice? So, this is the second time I've done this diet. I'm actually doing it more extreme this time than last time. Um, I do s see some energy loss, right? Last time I did it for six weeks, and by the last week, I was kind of feeling generally <laughs> tired. Um, and <laughs> Curtsy's not funny anymore since he lost the weight. <laughs> Bro, you can't stop me. Um, but by the end, anyway, by the end of the six weeks, I was pretty tired in a general sense, and that's part of why I was like, all right, I think I'm good on this. So. Curzy needs to become super obese, like a dodgeball. Like a dodgeball? <laughs> like a dodgeball, yes. No, like the movie Dodgeball. Oh. He's a fat guy in Dodgeball? The, the, uh, ben Stiller becomes fat, basically. Oh, yeah, I remember that. No. I remember that because I saw it on, I think on the way to Portugal. Uh-huh. It was, okay, I, I have this weird thing where, um... You know, people put on movies when they're on the plane. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, normally I have a really good attention span for movies. I right. get really sucked in. But when I'm on planes, I can't stop watching other people's movies. Oh, yeah. I've watched... Uh, I was watching Dodgeball. There are movies that I've only watched over people's shoulder with no audio. <laughs> Am I not alone <laughs> in this? Why do we do this? Going the way of Jonah Hill. Um, hey, Jonah Hill is skinny now. Oh, really? Yeah, Wait. did you see him? He's in this amazing Netflix series called Maniac. It's one of my favorite TV series of all time. And he's, he's skinnier. He's with um, that amazing actress. What's her name? Emma Stone. They're together. No, no, no. They well, they were together in that in that show. Let's take a look at Jonah Hill. Hey, getting shredded. I mean, yeah. it's good. It's good to have the choice, you know. 
It's good to have the option. It's good to have a little bit of. Uh, he still kind of looks, kind of looks bad in that second one, but. Um, That's crazy. Look, even in this one, he looks great. You know, he got a lot yeah. more. His jaw, got more chiseled and stuff. Look at look at him on the right there. That's right. amazing. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, Soren, I'm not working out much right now. I'm taking like long walks. I occasionally do like 30 minutes on an exercise bike, but I'm not lifting hard. If I were. I, I would be more attentive to make sure I get my protein. Um, or these Tyler's before and after picks. Yep. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking, Henry. Uh, yeah, you want to grab a question? Um, okay, I have to navigate to the Twitter thread. Let's see. Yeah. Now, you, you should choose a question. You're the talk show host. Yeah, yeah I, I'm the talk show host, and I command you to pick your own question, bitch. Um, let's take a look. <laughs> wow, who talks to their guests like that? This is Potfist. <laughs> We're breaking all the rules. This is <laughs> all right, all right. Um, where... Do you already have it up? I have to find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, yes, it was my quote tweet of your quote tweet. Mm. Um... I'm looking, I'm looking. Well, Mechanical Monk Mechanical Monk mentioned vaguely remember him tweeting about wanting to learn to make money with friends. It's always a good topic. What's he up to? What his plans the next few years? Um what does he think about a lot? What's important in the world that other people don't see? What's important on the local scale that people around him don't see? I feel like you could grab I like it. I like Dan's question. Are friends electric? Get it. Get it done, are they? Well, no, I want you should ask the one um, that you're most curious about. Bro, just pick a damn question. <laughs> okay, best best Noida branch. Um, I can't answer that because I don't know what a Noida branch is. Best insect. Oh, no, no, no. Noida branch. This is important. Eris is going to want us to focus on this. Oh. You ready? Aren't you and Eris dating? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to create some Twitter gossip. Um, these are new to branches. Oh my god, these are beautiful. Yeah, dude. Sea the slugs. Heck? Why are they so amazing looking? This is part of God's bounty to mankind, is these beautiful creatures. Little new to branches. Cool. I actually have a... I have old Pinterest... Um, it's like a beautiful images images of nature themed, and I actually have maybe ten nuda branches on there without knowing that they were called that. Oh yeah, so which one do you like? Um, oh wait, do you have? Uh, I navigated away from the Twitch stream. Do you have them up? On the I Twitch have stream? I have them up on the Twitch stream. What okay. do you? Um, I'm gonna choose. Mm, okay, the blue Glaucus is that technically a nuda branch? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well. I, Obviously, that's that, that's the winner. It's like a look. It's like a Final Fantasy monster. Yeah, I think it's my favorite too. To be honest, you see what I'm saying? That's like straight up Final Fantasy ten. Wait, Oyster, we messed up the orders of the like Final the Fantasy eight. Yeah, no, Blue Glaucus. All right, answer has been provided. Mm. Mm. And uh, let's see what's the next one. Best insect. Um, as a kid, my, my favorite insect, and I think it's still my favorite insect, was the praying mantis. 
Hmm. I think there's just something about the form of the praying mantis that's it's like elegant yet deadly. Totally. And uh, I like the way they move. Right. They have this weird jaunty kind of. Yeah, jaunty. They scuttle around, but then they just stop for a while. They're kind of like lizards. Mmm. The lizard of the insect world. Yeah. <laughs> An insect man's lizard. The praying mantis. Best small woodland animal. Mammal. Bro. Mm. Oh, mammal. Um... I like chipmunks. Uh, oh, in that you know, in that Adirondack place where we met the three and a half star general. Yes. Um, there's this, there's this place called that my dad calls Valley of the Chipmunks. Uh huh. Um, and it's because there are just so many. There are hundreds and hundreds of chipmunks, and they're constantly like running along your peripheral vision, mischievously. Whoa. You know. And I think if I didn't say that they were my favorite woodland animal. Then I'd probably next time I went there, I think they would just swarm me. Yeah, you could be eaten to death. Exactly. W says, "I believe that's the mantises sway for perspective and to blend in with swaying branches. They can see depth by moving their heads." Subscribe no for the bug facts. Are you pro or against that shark that looks like a human? <laughs> what? I don't know um, what the shark you post, is. You post a link. Yeah, post the link. We gotta see the shark. This human looking shark. Keep going, T. We need those answers oh, yeah. stat. Oh, okay. Um best bird. I like I like the bower bird. The what? I think it's it's so cool. Do you know the bower bird? No. You don't? But the bower bird um, is this bird that builds, like, a really pretty, shiny nest. And, like, you know, Ooh. we'll take, like, shiny plastic things yeah. to impress. Yeah, exactly. Like, shiny pieces of glass and stuff like that mm -hmm. to attract mates with the beauty of its nest. Nice. Yeah. I like the bower bird, too. I think, if I remember correctly, they even do, like, a fancy dance inside their nest. So, so they'll, like, bring you to their nest and then they'll do it. Oh, what? That's I don't like that. Thumbs down. I this doesn't look like a human at all, by the way. I don't know what fucking No, East Enders says not that to? shark. <laughs> this is the worst shark I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, that was the one that was linked to. <laughs> Alright, we got it. You better not be trolling me with any of these links. Oh no! Oh no. Um, the last one is best dinosaur. Oh, oh, I hit it! I hit it! Thank God! But we're we're gonna see it daily. Oh no! Oh no! no, no. Wait, what? This no is, way! This is not cool that's at all, bro. There's no way that's real. It's like a KKK fish. <laughs> this is a, this is definitely worse. This it sucks, looks like dude. a ghost. It, it looks like the ghost of a child. I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's like, or like, uh, I don't know. It's like a sperm. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, the last one. What? Yeah, you know, I was just thanking Eastender for that wonderful. Like, please, please continue. 
Uh, well, I was just gonna answer this last one. Be best dinosaur. Hmm. I used. I definitely had an answer for this when I was a kid. We could look at some dinosaurs. Yeah, can we do that? I think I don't have a good answer right now without looking at some dinosaurs. Alright, but briefly I'm going to have to show you the uh, horrible fucking monster again. Um, here, let's go to Pinterest. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, let's go to, like, dinosaurs. How about cool, cool dinosaurs? Cool dinosaurs. <laughs> These are just dinosaurs. Mm. Make sure Actually, you know what? Can, can we look at the um, under the sea dinosaurs? Underwater dinosaurs. There you go. I mean, these guys are pretty notable. These guys are pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, what's the one that headbutts everything? Um, someone wrote that in the chat. I, I remember that guy. I kind of like. He, he's got like a. A bony head. Headbutt dinosaur? I think it's yeah, Pokemon. Headbutt head dinosaur. <laughs> no, that one's on the left. There you go. All the way to the left. I think that's the one. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the one. <laughs> oh, this guy. This guy. This is like... Yeah. He looks like Cubone. Cubone? What's a Cubone? What's a Cubone, bro? He's a Pokemon. Uh, I, I don't think I was a kid for long enough to encounter Cubone. It's a Pokemon. I think I stopped at Mewtwo. Yeah, but that means you passed Cubone, because Cubone's like the 70th Pokemon or something. Not, yeah. No, it's not the 70th. Dude, Cubone. Alright, what number Pokemon is Cubone? I don't remember Cubone. Cubone. He's less than 151. Oh, wait, 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 sorry. Uh, yeah, no, 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 you're right. Cubone is one of the original Pokemon. Yeah. I was thinking, I, I thought you were pointing to that Pokemon that came up when you searched for Headbutt Dinosaur. Oh, no. Did the cartoon ever reveal what happened um, if you took off Cubone's artificial uh, bone helmet? Sounds fucked up, man. Yeah, I guess you just wouldn't want to do that. You'd probably get real mad and and brick you with this bone. <laughs> it would Wait, be extremely painful. I, I'm sure this is. I'm sure people have talked about this before. But what I, I thought about Pokemon recently, and actually, I think it's pretty fucked up. Like, imagine there are these there are these animals that have these deadly powers, like being able to right. shock you to death. And right. what you do is you trap them inside of a tiny ball. Right. And what happens to them when they're inside of the ball? I don't know. I guess they're just kind of like basically dead or like in a coma. But you keep them in a coma while they're in your tiny ball, which I don't know. You keep it on your belt or something, right? You're walking around with right. these, these coma in animals. In a sack. Keep it in a sack. In a stack. Oh, you keep it in a stack? A sack. And then, and then when you want to have them do gladiatorial battles where they just basically hurt each other for however many minutes, you they can emerge from their coma... To, to cause damage to one another, to one another's bodies. Yeah, so one of them wins, and then you put it back in the ball. It's a it's like a dog fighting simulator. 
but it's worse, man. Like <laughs> dogs, at least you know maybe they bite each other and stuff like that. But you know, like Pikachu can electrocute you. Like that's the worst. I, I've heard that being electrocuted is like one of the worst pains that you can mm. sustain. Like have have go through you. Right. I, I don't like it. Yeah. That's um, what Tyler, what should we talk about? <laughs> how about we talk about mm, the dating crisis tell me more what's, um, the, what's the crisis is it uh, people aren't dating yeah I think I think there's a there's a problem happening which is um, during COVID people aren't dating there are a bunch of people getting of the age where they should be settling down and like having kids, and I I think that's going to be pushed back a few years, right? But then even even once, um, even even once we can like get back into bars or go to parties and things like that, I don't know. Like, I think there's something strange that uh, things like Tinder and OkCupid have done with their level of pervasiveness, mm. which is like communicate an illusion. That there are always other fish in the sea. Right. That there's always like someone better that you can maybe this is an old topic by now, I don't know. But there's that there's always someone better that you can that you can get. Right. And so like a lot of my female friends and my male friends, they're like still holding out for this ideal person that meets all their that like you know, that sometimes they even have lists of all the things that they need. Not right. just want, but need in a partner. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's this illusion that they can meet someone who fulfills all those things because they're able to like scroll through you know hundreds and hundreds of pictures of people who like might be fit and they can they can assess them on like each list item right um whereas previously i think you know i, I wasn't around but i imagine what i mean what my parents tell me is you just sort of used to be like your options were um more limited and you know when you met someone who seemed eligible, you would kind of just m try to make it work with them. Mm -hmm. um, you would you would put in the effort. You know, if you get if you find some sort of difference that that causes you to to seem virtually incompatible, right? Um, it was seen as something to either like work around or work through. And what I noticed today with dating is that that just sort of isn't happening. And I I think I wasn't doing that either until right. I got in the mindset of. Um, like escaping this paradox of choice thing that gave me the the illusion that there there could be right some other like some other better option elsewhere. I think the truth is that if you find someone you're compatible with, it's like the good option is the person you're compatible enough with, and the better option is that person plus like a few years of work, uh -huh. not someone else. Um, I mean, I, a little bit. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, well, basically, I'm just worried that this generation isn't, and including like a lot of our awesome, smart friends, just aren't really going to succeed in in pairing up. And then, um, I don't know the effects of that. Like, you're just going to have a lot of really. I, I mean, depression seems to be one effect. Right. Um, I mean, it's interesting. Plus, you know, it's like a generation of smart, awesome women, for instance, who aren't going to pass on their genes or their their cultural right for and a lot of times when people talk about this it does end up 
getting like real political real fast and i think it oh, is no. sort of next to next to the some of the culture war stuff unfortunately um yeah should we should we talk about something else no we we can navigate that fine um yeah. the um cool. yeah i like this bridge right it's kind of sick mm. um yeah part of this is i i don't really know what type of guidance slash um encouragement slash you know constraining instructions women get on this topic having not i have no idea grown up as one because to be honest i i almost wish i'd gotten more like you have to do this by this age because i just <laughs> like i was just like i don't fucking know you know i'm just doing kind of been doing whatever i want and it does dawn on you you're like oh shit i am like kind of getting old it's a bit different uh if there's more of a biological clock ticking down yeah so by the way this plane keeps going down i don't know how to get more juice <laughs> are you causing that you know i gave myself more fuel but for some fucking reason i just am cruising you're at 100 percent. i know and yet and yet my airspeed all right well we're gonna land here i'm gonna try to put my wheels down right. uh we're not doing the wheels well we're gonna get to pick a third city it looks like <laughs> where, where do you want to go man Hmm. Grab some sandbags. Um, let's go to. You know like what? This. Fuck it. I, I've really been missing New York. Can we just go to New York? <laughs> we, we go to New York like every time. I, I just love New York. <laughs> you really want to go to New York? Yeah. All right, we'll go to New York. Let's have go. you done? Have you done that like every? Twice. We've done it twice. No, we'll do a quick New York. Let's do. A quick... <laughs> I'll show you New York. Embryosophy wants to see New York. Let's do a real quick New York. And then what after the New York? What after New York? Yeah. Uh, let's go to Chicago. Oh, no, that's too far probably, right? Um, we can teleport. Boston, maybe we can make it to Boston. Yonkers. Yeah. yeah, let's go to Yonkers. Yonkers. Pilot ejects for ballast. Or maybe D.C.? I haven't done D.C. in this. I bet D.C. would be sick. Oh, okay. We'll go to New York, D.C. Dope. Uh, JFK, perhaps, to DC. Uh, All right, I'm, I'm tentatively pouring my third shot. Dope. It's going to be a half shot. Ronald, Ronald Reagan International Airport, is that a thing? Maybe. Let's get in the blue, let's get in the blue fighter jet. Is it just literally the same fighter jet except blue? Yeah. We can, we can switch, too. No, I like the fighter jet. Yeah, fighter jet's sick. Reagan's fine. That's in Virginia across the river. Go to Detroit. We we did, not Detroit, we did Minneapolis, St. Paul, hmm. with uh, Eigenrobot. That was fun. Tokyo. Yeah, we should do some more Japan. I want to do more Japan. London, I've seen, is quite cool. And they just uh, redid London in this game. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um... Yeah, on the dating thing, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't feel like I have got, like, special answers except for, like, I think it is, you know, Eliezer Yudkowsky has talked about this, actually, uh, really? about how there's some scripture that in, uh, I don't know if it's scripture or it's more likely, like, Talmudic um, decisions, that it's sort of like if you introduce, like, more than two people who end up getting married in the community, you're, like, guaranteed a spot in heaven. Um, <laughs> it's like... 
I think that's great. I, I really think uh, matchmaking, crowdsource matchmaking should be more of a thing. Uh-huh. Crowdsource. I, I got great crowdsource. results with this, actually. Back, back in the day, actually, it was actually while I was running, running Reserve with Nevin, I asked my Facebook wall um, whether they could introduce me to any eligible ladies. Yes. And then I got something like, I think I got 22 responses. Yeah, but you're big on Facebook. Yeah, it's true. I think I would get two responses. <laughs> but I I was actually brainstorming recently. You know, imagine, imagine something like a dating app. Right. But what it focuses on is community matchmaking. Mm -hmm. Where, like, you, your first degree, and your second degree connections are all kind of conspiring to hook, hook everyone else up. And okay. maybe you get some sort of platform thread or, like, you know, like Reddit gold style thing right. for hooking people up that you can spend on, I don't know what. Maybe real money. Uh, World of Warcraft time cards. Yeah, there you go. Let's get a little altitude and find New York City. Where's New York City? At? It's weird you can't see it from here. Oh, I, uh, I can actually. The oh, there it distance. is in the distance. Yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a drive-by. Are you are you currently seeing someone, or are you uh, are you allowed to talk about this on the air? Or I mean, I can talk about it. No, I'm, I'm single as can be, at this time. And are you are you searching? Honestly, dude, I, no. I mean, I <laughs> I'm just no. Um, Why not? Because I know I just am not doing shit until COVID is satisfactorily over and. Um, I'm also kind of enjoying it, and I know it's like common that this just seems like cope or whatever, but I am kind of enjoying figuring out just my own shit, you know, and just being like, there's something just very clear-minded about it for me, because I spent, I think, like, I think I was like continuously with someone with like brief couple month, you know, interludes um, since I was like 19, you know, huh. um, and. It's just psychologically different. I'm having trouble with the. It's psychologically different, basically, for me to, to be single, and I'm getting a lot out of it. But that said, I mean, you know, when when I'm, I'll, I'll be back in the game. Don't you worry yourselves, ladies. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, when the time is right. Well, I think people have this illusion that it's impossible to have a game right now in the world, uh -huh. um, because I, of COVID. I, but. Because of COVID, but I I've met, <laughs> um, I met two women over uh, Zoom parties. Mm -hmm. um, one over Zoom with just an, an introduction from a friend who thought we would be good together, uh -huh. and then and then one one on Twitter. And uh -huh. so I think it's, it's very possible to do. And I think actually Zoom parties are the best. And in particular, I don't know if you've been to these. There are these ones that are really good thrown by this group called Co Reality Collective. You, you they, mentioned this. I think I have it's yeah it looked sick it looked cool the one that I went to is called the Bodicey by the what way you better be is... looking at New York you better be looking at New York I'm I'm looking at New York it's, right. it's giving me a lot of nostalgia yeah man um the it's Bodicey so, it's so much more gray than I experience it hmm. well yeah I don't know what's up with that but maybe. uh yeah they, there was this one called the Bodicey where they had uh what was it? They had a bunch of different Zoom rooms mm -hmm. corresponding to different parts of the body. So, like, 
There was the tongue, where I think people would go and like tell jokes. There was the ear, which would be like a you know a music listening party. Right. Um, there was the womb, which was like a safe space, and people would go there to wow. like meditate and hear like um, ASMR and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And it was a sort of thing where um, the kind of mutually accepted game of, mm -hmm. of everyone there was that you would find someone interesting to talk to mm -hmm. and, you know you, you would look at everyone's little windows of how they would talk and act and move right um and you would you know the, there would be the mainline conversation which is just people literally talking over zoom but then also people would be private messaging one one another mm. uh, in addition to the mainline conversation so you could like start flirting with someone just over direct message this way. Right. Um, Oyster says that sounds extremely culty. Most things that Tyler does sound extremely culty, but they're cooler than but they're cooler than they seem. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> um, best friend met her BF over Tinder in the middle of lockdown last spring. It seems like they're going to be buying a place together and having babies and stuff. Fuck yeah, dude. Wow. I don't know how people meet other people over Tinder. I've found Tinder, Tinder not very useful. Right. This is not enough information, right? Um, I like OK. I liked OK Cupid because you could at least like you know I would do things like search for a keyword. I think right. one way I met a girlfriend was actually um, you you met Lipa, right? Yeah. The way I found Lipa, I think I, I searched for the term like physics. Uh -huh. Popped up. Right. Or maybe it was mathematics actually. Yeah, I I have there's a lot of things I could say to criticize like online dating, but I will say that I did end up dating at least one person who was quite different from, I don't want to mention anybody's name, obviously, but quite different from <laughs> others that I had, that I would have met, you know? Uh, and that was just like different cultural category, basically different, like yeah. sort of type of person um, than I would normally like ever meet. And, and it was, you know, it was good for what it was. Um, I liked her. Yeah. <laughs> Days gone by. Do you think, do you but think now you I have my podcast, that? right? I mean, my talk show, so I'm kind of... Wait, you, ha you had her on your talk show? Is that what you just said? No, I said now I have my talk show. Wait, <laughs> can you do a talk show where you just have... Um, I don't know if this would be this talk show or a different one. You yeah. should just bring on a bunch of your ex-girlfriends. I will never, ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally never fucking do that. I swear to God, I will never do that. <laughs> that is the worst thing I can imagine, and it is not going to happen. I think it's a um, great talk show idea. <laughs> it is a great... No, it's a great talk show idea, but dude, that's fuck, That's risky shit. I mean, I guess that's why it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole time they just roast you. Just getting You're not roasted? To talk. They okay. just go on... No, it's, it's two of your ex-girlfriends. You're not right. even allowed to talk. You're only allowed to watch. You're muted. <laughs> oh, my just, God. You can see your face over Zoom. Right. And they just complain about you. The and they time. roast you? And it's got to be... Yeah, oh, Mechanical Monks is all at the same time. All right. your all your ex-girlfriends in one Zoom room. There's, there's some heavy drama possibility here. Um, and it's interesting. <laughs> I like the I like the generativity. And that's cool. Thank you for that, Tyler. Do you think they would say yes? I, it, I just... They, <laughs> no comment <laughs> no comment can you shoot missiles at that oil tanker is it an oil tanker uh, that is some kind of boat and no there are no missiles in this game alright my, my two, two ex-girlfriends wouldn't have anything to say to each other yeah that's a good point I think a lot of my ex-girlfriends if I try to put them in a room together 
they just wouldn't know how to talk. Uh-huh. Like, so many of the people I've dated are just so massively different from one another. Like, imagine right. if I put, you know, Tanya in a room with, well, I guess you never met some of my, you, you only met a few of my ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Because they'd be smitten. <laughs> um, well, wait, talk, talk about the village. I want to hear about that. So, I, I've got questions okay. about the village that you're, so, and, or you can kind of spiel it, but should I ask you questions? Well, maybe I should rehash the rationale for it. Yeah. First of all, basically, I think I think there's something that a lot of people are just trying to ignore right now, which is that the nuclear family is essentially broken for anybody who wants to do anything real in the world. Um, it, that may have not previously been the case, but I think it is the case now that if you're if you're wanting to do something ambitious, um, and you also want to like have kids and treat them well and have a, you know a, a beautiful uh, relationship with them. I think you can basically have one or the other. Um, That's an interesting like I think, view. I mean, I, I, and some people disagree with that very strongly, but but it's interesting to take as presumptive, I, I guess. Um, I mean, it's it's look, it's not, it's a continuum. It's not like 100% one or the other, but, right. um, you know, it, I think that I've, I've met people who disagree with that view, and what they do is they hire a bunch of external help, and then the kids are spending, like, most of their time with nannies and stuff like that. And you know, not, not not to say that nannies aren't are, are bad. Like I I've I've met nannies and babysitters and and um, you know there 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 are lots of them who are extremely sweet, but um, they just don't they in, in some fundamental like incentive way they don't really have a long term stake in your kid. Okay. I mean, unless unless it's like, you know, maybe we're you know one one thing I really like about the new pope is John Malkovich plays this nobleman. Hmm. Who's had this butler? Presume I think since childhood, mm -hmm. and so that's a, that's a different case. Like he's been with the family. I, I, I think butlers actually used to be kind of like hereditary, right? Weren't were they like with families over generations? At least in fiction, I've seen that. Okay. Probably, it probably that's just true. there's some basis in reality. Um, but they, hypothetically, yeah. if you if you had that, then like sure, you maybe you can entrust, um, like basically co-rearing of your kid to right. someone who has a long-term long-term stake in your kid but you know otherwise you're you're really rolling the dice i think with um whatever the influence of this person who doesn't have a long-term stake in your kid is going to have on your kid mm -hmm. so you know my my preference is to have my kid be reared by like good friends or aunts or uncles or maybe even my own parents who already have the experience of raising at least one kid um, rather than someone who's only going to be in our lives for maybe like a couple of years or maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, and also maybe probably who has a bunch of other clients. Um, so at least my philosophy is, you know, if, you know, and the thing I'm trying to doing to, to, to be clear is I, you know, I, I really think the idea of like a, you know, a family clan is pretty appealing. Right. Um, or to use like a more highfalutin word, like a dynasty, um, where some kind of like lineage of a skill or a business or some piece of culture is carried down um, or, or, or set of values is carried down through the family. You know, I think this used to just be the standard way to extend your impact on the world for better or for worse. Mm. Um, like that idea is still attractive to me. Um, and I think if you want something like that to happen, you ideally want to have the kids be culturally influenced by people who are aligned with your values or or the or the the, the things that 
you want to provide your kid as an environment. Okay. Um, so and so yeah. What's the, yeah. yeah? Keep keep going. Let, let's see where the where, where is this is. What's the conclusion? Well, so okay. Let's say if you want to be like you know, uh, like Elon Musk or like uh, you know a high like a high powered politician or you're like in some influential position in the world. Um, it seems to me that <coughs> you're either going to be outsourcing to a bunch of people to rear your kid for you, and you're going to be a kind of absent father or mother. Um, or you're you need to do the thing that was traditionally done for you know since since the dawn of apes and probably even earlier, which is like sort of village rearing, where you have um, a bunch of people that you know and trust around you that have a long term stake in in your kid and right. you um, being responsible for your kid. Um, so part of the, the rationale behind the village is in way in, in a way nothing really radical like it's not a hippie intentional community it's kind of just a return to what was the natural state of um child rearing for hundreds and hundreds or thousands of years so how far do you go with it because like the kibbutzes in israel right they actually sacrifice the idea of, of being a specific person's child um i believe yeah i think that's too far okay so it's I mean, is, is it different from just like, okay, help me understand the nuance here. So imagine me and eight of my closest friends move somewhere. We set roots down in some town or even city, and then we all get partners and we stay and then we hang out in the same block, right? And our kids grow up together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Versus is there a step more radical than that, that that you're thinking of? Or does that pass your bar for your kind of program? Of what you're thinking about, um, I, I think I think the biggest part is actually having I, you know, I think if you just get your friends and you're like, let's all career, I think what ends up happening is, um, the labor isn't isn't very well distributed. I think actually what you want is to have in that pod like a few people who have really good, loving, um, smart parents, mm. and have them be contributing an enormous amount of the labor. Because I think what we do now to our old people is we like put them together in homes and kind of just exile them, and they're not really <laughs> like they're not really of any use to society, even though a lot of them would like to be. Um, and instead, we entrust the rearing of children to people who have no resume. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> in a way, the rearing of a kid is like one of the most complex. The, the, the raising of another mind from scratch is one of the most complex tasks you could imagine. And we entrust it to people who have zero experience doing that. Right. Um, like, <laughs> that's just a weird thing to do as a society. Um, and, and these are the, and, you're, and, and, you know, not only is this a very high, high skill task, but also we're talking about the people who are going to make a difference to the future of your society. So to, to give that to people who are first timers just seems totally insane to me. And it was just not traditionally not done, right? I, uh-huh. in, in, the, in the past, grandparents aunts and uncles would be doing a huge portion of the rearing sometimes even most of it okay so um, then the, the, let me cl- you're you're seeming a little bit like anti um getting help with raising the kids but it's it's more of that as, as i'm understanding it that you're very pro the extended community that gives support that's more like tied to you yeah i'm not, I'm not anti other people other than you raising your kids i i think i'm for, for at least what I'm envisioning of, right. of um, 
like kids who are really well cared for over a long period of time and perhaps also come to appreciate um, what your community has to offer. Like it's just better if your community is the one that's raising them and and, right. and not outsourcing that basically. Okay, so I, I'm interested in this and I am trying to understand how do you get people to stick together over a long period of time? <laughs> I think that's that I think that's one of the hardest parts, especially with the millennials, right? So in the past that would just be done for you. Right. Um you wouldn't you wouldn't need to solve that problem really. You would already be united by religion or you would just all grow up in the same village. There would be no like village creation process. Right. And I think when when you're talking about the most mobile generation of all time, that's really hard because if you look at people's priorities for loyalty, what they're loyal to, it's very little these days. Like people will abandon their friends, they'll abandon their family, they'll abandon their communities for like a better work opportunity somewhere or like a new romantic, a relatively new romantic connection who's who's in a different city. And um, often, by the way, it's it's not taken to be abandonment, even. No, if... no, it's, it's celebrated, right? <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there was a dream there. You know what I mean? There was some kind of positive dream. And I it is interesting that it has ended up so strange. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like people just did that for no reason. Um, no. But it could just be that travel just became so easy that i don't know those other incentives take it you know take over but i don't know maybe in some ways i'm surprised that like parents don't express serious regret as much about their kids moving away you've got the empty nest kind of idea have you met my parents <laughs> no no it depends on the parents but i don't know um i don't know it's interesting i was given a very strong like do you like do your life and well, I, you know, I think that's part of the ideal, right? Your, your kid, you sent, you raise your kids so well that then they go off into the world and do have an amazing life. Uh huh. It, well, I think, I think that a conspiracy angle on this is like, it also turns out to be what capital wants. Like <laughs> if you want, if you want a really efficient market, mm -hmm. you would, like what, what you have now with, um, people just basically, I, it, it really seems like what the main thing that moves people around is work and that can move, get people to move halfway across the world. Right. Like that's a great situation because then you find the person who's right for the job and you bring them all the way to you. Um, so I wonder, I wonder to what extent the culture of um, like celebration is downstream of like the incentives, the, like, like basically what's incentivized. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think I'm saying this very cogently, but do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, by the way, I am super willing to criticize capital as it were. I, I you know, used to not be. I mean, I used to be like an ANCAP, um, which I believe I mentioned <laughs> on the on the show before. But um, no, I mean, one for me is I think that, uh, you know, to speak loosely, companies are just happy to have you be um, as psychologically disabled as necessary to keep buying the shit. Um, and I think I'm, I'm serious. Like one thing that I would find cool and I've seen some very kind of bad versions of this, but imagine, imagine a browser that has uh, settings based on the seven sins. Okay. So imagine you're saying, I want to avoid <laughs> lust. I'm working on lust. Then when I like you, this. right. Then we go on, Netflix 
they can still say watch this show, but they say watch Star Trek instead of watch like this thing about strippers and wherever, right? Or <laughs> you say I'm working on gluttony, right? And it says they'll still show you fucking ads. Like I'm not trying to not be right. a capitalist right, right. about it. It's like all right, I get it. We owe you know Mammon some of our minds. I'll I, I give <laughs> I give my I give part of my mind to Mammon. Um, but it's like why don't we? Just say, listen, I'm working on gluttony right now. Don't show me fucking Wendy's. Show me some jewelry I can't afford or whatever the fuck, right? So, <laughs> you know, that's that's my that's kind of something I would love that's to see done. That's kind of interesting. Well. Right, yeah. right. Basically, um, algorithm the algorithms help you work on yourself, or at least they stop deliberately fucking with my ability to work with myself. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, well, the algorithms are just a mirror. In a way, in a way. They're a mirror of something. They wouldn't be able to fuck with you if you didn't actually want the things that they were offering. And But that's part of it, and part of fucking with, you know, if I'm on a diet, I respectfully request that my parents don't repeatedly offer me sugary garbage, right? Like, Man, know. that was, that was uh, you know, I, I stayed with my parents for a good portion of lockdown. Yeah. That was really hard for me. Like, you know, I, as you know, I have, a, I have a pretty bad gut problem. Um, right. and for a good portion of, of lockdown, it was mostly them just offering me things that I couldn't eat and then being like, come on. <laughs> right. And, right. and they were always so delicious that eventually I just gave in and yeah. regretted it. And I yeah. developed this bitter relationship toward my parents who were constantly offering me delicious things. Yeah. It's like the one. They were yeah. offering me delicious things from the bottom of their heart. And right. I was like, fuck you for offering me delicious things. Yeah. You got to figure it. That's you got to figure it out. Uh, yeah. D- w asked, what are the deadly sins you suffer from the most and the least? Asking me? Yeah. Or I'm asking can you, you. Can you. Sorry. Uh, can you list them again? I, you know, I didn't grow up Christian. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a list in chat. I think it's wrath, gluttony, lust, envy. Uh, that's not, a, that's not one of them, but, <laughs> but it, that's maybe lust. I don't know. That's just fucked up. Uh, sloth. Wrath, gluttony, lust, envy, sloth. <laughs> Pale gas. Temperance isn't one of them. Temperance is, is avoiding the things. Temperance is good. Wrath. Right? Here. Wrath, gluttony, lust, envy. I'm trying to remember them. Oh, oh, I avarice. Avarice or greed. Two, three, four, five, six. Pride. Thank you. So here we go. Wrath. Gluttony. Okay, wrath, gluttony, lust, envy, sloth, avarice. Wait, avarice and greed are the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I put them on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Boom. Pride. Oh, I mean, lately, does it count as a sin if it's like a medical condition? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm medically I'm horny. Right now because of this gut thing that I'm trying to solve. I would say, you know, you, yeah. What? Well, no, go ahead, but I would say that my take on on the read there would be that if it is truly physio- physical, then it's not a then it's not sinful. I, I think it's what sinful sin is a matter of like spirit, like true. But I I think it loops back. Like there's there's the there's the thing that's just medical, which is like causing me to be a little bit more slothful. But then right, I I think there's an additional layer. Like you observe yourself being slothful. 
and you develop this concept of yourself as a slothful person and that makes you even more slothful mm-hmm. or you or you're slothful and it's frustrating it's like you want to work on things but you notice you're too like bleh to work on them mm. and then you get frustrated and then the frustration makes you even more slothful so some kind of compounding yeah where i think i think there is a, a kind of will to life and a, a will to action yeah that that can sometimes get me out of the feedback loop right but sometimes um i i just give in to the slothfulness but i think the real answer is pride that's i think that's my worst sin uh, so. you, know, you remember you remember sorry you for all i do hard to forget yeah. for, for the audience sorry you for all is this really incredible uh meditation teacher who who heads a monastic academy who has the appearance rather than of a monk he like he to me, I experience him almost as like, like he legit feels like a cigar chomping four star general. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, okay, uh, but just for so people are clear, he looks like a monk. He well, he, he's he dresses like a monk. Yeah, <laughs> and he says monk shit, yeah. and he talks about the Buddha, and you like he, he talks about meditates he's, a lot. He's, he's got good he's posture. Yeah, yeah, posture and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, I you know I did a meditation retreat, which was great with him, and um. Over the course of the meditation retreat, I had this insight just looking at my fellow meditators that everyone seems to have this central pillar of their personality that props them up without which they would just kind of like fall apart. Like their their so-called ego or their personality or whatever mm. would just fall into a million pieces if it, if it didn't have this central pillar. Mm. You know, for, so for some people to be more concrete, for some people it's like I am a helpful person. So, um, the central pillar of this person's life is they go around, they, they do the dishes when no one wants to, they take out the garbage when someone's really sad, they like sit with them. And if it were the case that, um, that wasn't like accurate anymore, then they would just fall to pieces. Mm. But, or if someone's somehow dynamited that, then like they would, they would have no idea who they are Mm. for some people. It's, um, you know, the opposite for some people, it's like, I'm a misanthrope. And then if they got a bunch of evidence that they believed that they were actually a really good person or they, they were doing good things, like I think they would just fall to pieces. Hmm. Not not necessarily in a bad way. I think that's that's a really productive process. Right. Um, and one that I've unfor- gone, gone through an unfortunate amount of times. Yeah. But, um, I went up to Soryu and um, I asked him, like, do you observe this too in, in, your, in your meditators? And he said, yeah. And so I asked him, um, if you had to diagnose me for what for what mine is, what would you say it is? And he he thought about it for a while. It must have been two minutes, which is a long time to just be sitting silently in front of this like beast of a man. Mm. And he, was, he was like, mm. you know, he kind of growls when he thinks. He's like, mm. right, right. Mm. And then um, I like that. I might start doing. Yeah, that. I, mm. I like it. I like it too. Revving um, the Harley. Yeah. And um, another thing he said to me is he said he said I, I think it's something like I get it. And then my immediate response that that was like my pillar that he was diagnosing. And then my immediate response was I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> right. Which I just thought was perfect given the circumstance. Yeah. Um, like it was it was it was it was a weird meta thing. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I think he's right. I think there's this way in which I walk around always 
convincing myself that I that I get what's going on. Even even if like the you know, let's say I walk into a group of physicists and they're talking about quantum physics or whatever in, right. in terms that I don't understand, I'm yeah. not stupid enough to convince myself that I understand the terms that they're using. But there's there's a way in which I walk into that conversation as a guy who's obvious enough who's obviously smart enough to understand and like the things that they're saying if they were to explain it to me. Right. And I think often that just causes me to miss out on an enormous amount of confusing information and anomalies. Mm. Because if I get everything, then I miss anomalies. And that's I think that's a form of pride. And it's to the point where I I've had to train a habit now where if I notice an anomaly, in, my my default is to ignore it um, because I get it. You know, right. Um, but these days I, I try to just call literally say it out loud. I say anomaly and then I <laughs> to notice it. I think event eventually I probably won't have to do that. But right. In the meantime, I, I think I do. Yeah. That's a good answer. No, it sounds like you put some thought into it. it sounds like you get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, I mean, the thing is, you don't want to use it as a fully general, like, oh, no, I shouldn't trust what I think because I'm falling victim no, to this no, I get no, it no, thing. No, but, like, yeah. Out of calibration. Yeah. Right, right. What about you? What's your sin? Let me think for a moment. Yeah. Um, I think I have some... I don't know. What's, what is fear? Where does fear come from? Is fear even on the list? No, it's not. Um, That's a good one, though. I, I mean, think fear is a sin. I don't know. Well, we do want to figure out some definition of sin, and I do have ideas there. But um, I'm scrolling up to my like list. Ge generalized fear, I think, is not adaptive, let's say. Not no. adaptive for the individual or the group. For sure. Um, I am not going to lie there's some way that I've been sneaking up on recently that I have some kind of like deep, deep distaste for other people <laughs> and like <laughs> other people's ideas and like the way the world is run. And like, um, I, I think there's a way in which I hold back from producing things, not, and I tell myself it's because of taste or I tell myself Contempt. it's because of That's ethics. Contempt. Someone, yeah. Someone, does that capture it? Contempt? I don't know. It's in the area. This could this could be pride. This could be envy. I mean, but it's I hold back from production. Not out, and I tell myself it's because of like ethics or taste or like whatever. But in some ways, I'm afraid to compete and afraid to like perform around other people's things. And I'm very offended by the the existence of of uh, you know. There, there's this part in um, you see, there will be blood. Yeah, I love that movie. And he goes, he says, he's like, I've, I've got a competition in me. And he just, he, and he talks about how he hates to see others succeed. And and I'm, you know, overall, I'm not like that. Overall, on the balance yeah. of whatever, I'm not like that. But there's a part of me that is just like, have some big issue with like other people's ideas and projects and all this shit. Um, so that's something I want to figure out. Because I think in some ways, it's rooted in fear and prevents me from being as excellent as I could be as... as creative you know what i mean and that's what you know i'm asking you about movies and shit because i am thinking like what's next right because i 
I super enjoy running this show, by the way. It's a great way to meet people, etc. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a damn clue how it would turn into real income. And I'm not, like, ready to, like, start grifting hardcore and, like, asking people <laughs> for money. I know it's not evil to ask people for money, but I'm just, like, not ready for that. So there's just a question of, like, where, what do I push into next and what really, like, you know, would be a good use of myself. Um, and I'm running into these this, like, weird, dis, this ambient distaste. So... Mm. Some version of pride or envy or wrath, I think. And is it is it distaste just for um, things that are not skillfully done, or is it distaste just for just for anything that's in a category where you would want to com- like sort of compete, as you say? It's not literally everything, but it's like I split everything into god tier and trash. It's like <laughs> you know, yeah, like everything is like perfect Hell or it's yeah, trash. Yeah, that's what I'm um, talking about. We just get a. I just heard an audio. Meta Potato subscribed Meta to Tier sub. One. Meta Potato. Thank you. Supporting Grift. There you Much go. Much better than Object Level Potato. <laughs> well, it's inclusive. It, presumably, the Meta gives you an opportunity to go back to Object Potato. <laughs> it's inclusive, yeah. Asking people for money in a really ironic way so you can lie to yourself about Mammon. I've got opinions about Mammon, man. <laughs> I got opinions. I got opinions about Mammon. I got opinions. Um,. Thank you. Is Mammon the new thing? I see. Pe- is Mammon like the new Moloch? I see people using Mammon a lot more lately. I mean, you know, is is Mammon explicitly mentioned in the Bible? I'm not sure, or or even in the old or in the in the Hebrew Bible. I'm not sure. Probably. Mm. Kanye tier and trash tier exactly. Roman Court says everyone should re- read "Kill Six Billion Demons." I've seen the art from that, and it looks sick. But I've not. I don't know anything yeah. else about it. I started it. Um, I'm only a few pages in. Mammon yeah. just wants love. Well, <laughs> I mean, Mammon wants wants uh, wants a return <laughs> on investment. You know. <laughs> anyway, no, that was a good question. I like this. I like the seven sins question. I'm, I like that enough that I kind of want to bring it back for future guests. We can ask about the seven sins. I feel like it gets people thinking. Um, I have a question. Mammon's in the Bible. Yeah, what's your question? Okay, you meet a Kersey from an alt. Maybe this is a cheap question. I don't know. You meet a you meet a Kersey from an alternate dimension. He walks through a portal, and he looks really, really happy. Is the wrong word. He he looks full. His like eyes are blazing with fire. He how much every, do you weigh? Every, every uh, part of his body is like it's tingling. He he's totally magnetic and not through any sort of charisma. He's just like is doing the thing he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Beast um, mode. And you ask him like, dude, what the fuck is going, like, what did you do in that different timeline that made you this way? Mm. Like, what did you become? Mm. Um, what does he tell you? My first thought is that he tells me that he found God. That's yeah. That's the right answer. I think. Um, and the second thought I had is that he says to me, you know, those things you're not sure if you should get, give up on. Um, set them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something like I think there's some way in which he's he's over some shit that I'm still hanging on to. So I, I'm interested in the in the finding God thing lately, especially uh, so. Uh, Delisus, who's in the chat, yeah, um, got me interested in prayer in particular, which is not something I had ever thought of because I'm not I'm not like a traditional theist, and so. The idea of prayer just didn't make any sense to me. Like, 
what am I, what am I even praying to? What is, I was confused about what prayer is. Mm-hmm. And I forget whether it was him or whether I came up with it on my own, but I got this frame that you can think of prayer as, well, okay, do you, do you, would you say you believe in something that is um, of the noumenal, if not literally like a singular God? Um, I have a complex account of God that I, that I'm, that I feel good about. Okay. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. so the, basically the way, the way, the frame I got for prayer is kind of, um, you know, so my version of God, which your version of God might not have, but my version of God is not like agentic in the same kind of way as the Christian God. Like it, it's, it's not a God that you can like, gr- you can like pray to in a way where it grants you some sort of supernatural wish. Um, it's, it's more like a, maybe a phys- it's, it's more like a, a physical force, like gravity or something like that. Anyway, that, that's just mm. mine. Um, but I realized that this, this slightly more, you, you might say secular version of, of God is still something that you can pray to and where the act of prayer is a kind of opening to the influence of this force. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't believe it, it's an agent, if you believe in some sort of force worth calling divine, I think there's a there's a there's a stance you can take, which is the same sort of stance you might take if you're like listening to a beautiful symphony, of of just like opening yourself to its beauty, or going through an art museum of opening yourself to beautiful art that you can do to the divine, and um, I think prayer prayer to me is just kind of that you're 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 letting it kind of to some extent take over your mind and reshape your mind in its image. Um, I think that's one version of it. And then there, there's, of course, the version of prayer, which is kind of like asking for something, like you pray for something. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in my version of that, I wouldn't be able to pray for anything supernatural because I, 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 don't, I don't really believe in supernatural phenomena. But things that are at least within my causal influence, I think it makes sense to pray for because this, this divine source can influence the strength of your will and the direction that it takes quite a mm. bit. Have you read, um, did I ever make you read that we're, we're flying by the Capitol? This is kind of sick. Never actually Ooh. flown here. Um, Hi, Joe Biden. Did I get you, what a Biden? What um, a Biden? <laughs> what a B. Um, did I ever have you read The Oversoul by Emerson? No. It's, um, uh, one of my favorites, possibly like almost my favorite. Um, what? I'm surprised you never recommended this to me. Yeah, I. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm writing it down. It's short, and it's and it's amazing. Uh, the American transcendentalists were onto something, and they were kind of just tripping balls by just existing in nature and writing and thinking about God. Um, cool. Uh, to be honest, I've never really gotten into them. Yeah. Uh, not, not for any good reason. Right. I just investigated other things the um yeah i i had a chaos prime on the show i like that guy he's great and um one thing we covered is just how the idea of supernatural is kind of stupid yes just it is like the just the fucking concept of like laws outside the laws that are somehow different in character from the original laws in that they're like not laws (laughs) But, like, I don't... It's just, like, some mental glitch, as, as far as I can tell. Oh, the Lincoln Memorial's here. I don't even know where the Lincoln Memorial is. Damn, we just got this long thing. And I'm about to fucking Ooh. try to not crash. Land! 
Land? Dude, land on that strip. I think that would be cool. That would be cool. I can... What, like in the water? Oh, fuck. Oh, right. I guess it's a big pool, right? It's not really... It's like water. Strip. Maybe you can land on the highway. Yeah, it's almost, almost breaking your no-terrorism rule. Um, to land on the highway? That's not true. No, I think but... people would celebrate you for that. Right. Dude, okay, I keep refilling my fuel, but I think it just doesn't work or something, because we're crashing again, and I am out of fuel. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to land here. Shouldn't have invoked God's name in vain. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, well, let's get let's cheat. All right, I'm going to I'm going to fall out of space cuz you will enjoy it, Tyler. Cool. Um terrorism bad. Um how do we end up <laughs> on the topic of Oh yeah. Yeah, so agree on on supernatural and I even think that um I think the very best theologians from christianity are quite serious uh, forces to to reckon with and are usually like far beyond your image of like christian theist whatever because yeah. that image is partially propaganda overhang from the 90s atheism versus religion thing which was tied up in right. like uh fucking teaching creationism it's partially like i got caught up in that yeah i mean me too you know i was in high school or whatever the fuck but but yeah, um, for some reason I keep looking at the ground. Yeah, we're going to get real high up in the air and just fall out of the sky and it's going to be beautiful. I love it. Yeah, and I uh, I think part of the insight, the, the idea of prayer that I'm intrigued by is the action, right? It's the action of prayer, not the, I mean, the, the conceptual backing in some ways I'm just like, do figure out enough conceptual backing for your idea of prayer so that you will try prayer. Mm -hmm. It's like, think, do enough fucking metaphysics that right. you're satisfied and then do prayer. You know, it's just like, because let's do the metaphysics, just, just do prayer and then figure, figure out the metaphysics from the experience you have. I think if, if you can, you know, if you're, if you can do that. And, and I do you're think that some people are so nerd blocked that they can't even just do prayer first. We don't need to necessarily make fun of it, but like, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and and I, I've been there, you know. Well, part of it is this, right? You sit down, and you're like, all right, talk to God, and you're like, what the fuck am I actually doing? <laughs> like, that's a thought. You know what I love, yeah. What I love for for people who have trouble like that, which includes me, actually, I'm nerd blocked in so many things we're, like this. Mostly, we're talking uh, to our past selves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but the thing I got is actually from one of your ex girlfriends. Um, who would say in, in this circumstance, um, just pretend you know how. Uh -huh. Like, even if you don't believe it, just pretend you know how and see what happens. And the most astounding things can happen when you just pretend you know how to do a thing that seems impossible or supernatural or totally. weird. Totally. Yeah, no, totally. Um, one thing I, if anybody is interested in prayer practices, like one thing I will do so personally, my, my, here's my views on God. Sometimes I believe and sometimes I don't. Firmly, right? And can I can I ask what you what it is you believe? Is that too personal for this talk show? It's not too personal, though. I'm gonna fuck it up. Um, That's okay. I'll but, fuck mine up too. Well, part of it is again, I really, really deeply believe in the process. So by the process, I mean. 
I am pursuing, I'm trying to reconcile with the question of, of, with questions like my role in the universe and the unity of all things and whether I have a role and whether I am such that I can be good. And I'm wrestling with these, right? And what I believe in is that process because it brings me closer to something. And sometimes I feel like I can see the unity and I can see the interconnection and I can see my role. Um, and that's a magnificent thing. And that causes feelings and events in me that pattern match to things I've read from people who, you know, would pray like a lot, you know, yeah. like, like yeah. fucking sit in the cave and pray. And I will say that um, I think that in the most atheism compatible, naturalistic sense, I think goodness exists. And I think that, um, and I said, we got some raging discussion in the chat that I do want to address. I, I, saw. The, I, I, do, I do want to get it. Yeah, we're going to the moon, Soren. Um, the, I think that, what was I saying? Goodness exists, and I think that there is a source, a causal source of goodness in the universe. And I believe that there is a fact of the matter about whether we, as a, a species, are going to uh, attain that goodness by the end. And if we do, it will be my, by means of that cause, right? That cause of goodness, and it will play out on the many dimensions of existence and metaphysical, etc. And it will be physical and spiritual and uh, on every dimension. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I contemplate that and I try to see it and understand it and feel it in my body. And I just, it somehow solves all these questions, these problems in my life. Oh, yeah. we hit the maximum altitude, by the way. We are like in oh, fucking sweet. space. Um, on this on this flighty topic. Delicis is recommending process theology. I know you mentioned it. I, I, I am interested in, in it. Um, I have to check that out too. By the way, here, let's uh feel feel like this is this is what I like to do up here. I go to the weather, just <laughs> pop this out, and then where's the where's the sun and the moon? You can move shit. You can move the sun and the moon? Yeah, dude. Wow. We're yeah. on the right topic of theology if you yeah. can do that right now look at that look look at this shit that's pretty sweet and then what i can do is i can if i desire to exit slew mode and just fucking fly oh nice but but there's like no air so you just kind of fall <laughs> <laughs> this is dope right oh sweet so i can also put us in the cockpit real quick Oops, no, wrong button. Uh, yeah, do it. Uh, I'm trying. What? Having issues. There we go. Hey. So, there's some crazy shit that happens, which is like the light is like really intense because there's no fucking atmosphere to break it. Oh, oh that's cool. Fallen with style. I like yeah. They, I like how they actually modeled that in this we, flight simulator. Yeah, we got like ice on the fucking windows and we're just like wow. pointing right at the ground. Nice. There it is, dude. <laughs> We're just jostling as fucking, like, rattling. Nice. It is kind of dark. The cockpit bursting from pressure. I don't know if they've added that yet. <laughs> and look, you can also change the month and stuff. So I could be like, boom, it's March now. And, like, it changes where the sun is. Cool. You know. There, we'll get a little more light, just like that. Hey, when are you going to take your shot? 
I mean, is it shot time? All right, I gotta I take the shot. I can kill the Elliot in the background. I can go get. I'm gonna take the, the shot before we hit the ground. <laughs> okay. Hey, kill the. Kill the Elliot. You guys this want is Cole. Cole Ela, twelve year. What? Ila single malt Scotch yeah. whiskey. Does Bro. not sponsor this channel. Look, it's crazy. Hey, dude. Hey, Tilly, how's it going? Welcome. On. Welcome. I'm eating cereal, a lot of cereal with peanut butter. Uh huh. Everybody, mm. say hi to Tilly. I've got a chat here that they're on a little bit of delay, and they're gonna they're gonna say hi to you. Are you gonna take shots with us? Oh, sorry, no. No. <laughs> So lame. Any shots of peanut butter? Okay, that's fair. Peanut butter shot. Mhm. Mm Beautiful. It's wait. You're in Portugal. I guess you, you're with you're with the crew. Yeah, bro. Get your ass over here. Yeah. yeah. She's part of our 26 person pod. <laughs> she Hell of a pod. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how she talks. Yeah, dude. British. Full power. Nice. All right, Tyler. Whenever you're ready, dude. These I'm give I'm. I'm offering these calories that I shouldn't be having. I'm offering them up in your honor as my guest. I, I'll accept that sacrifice. I have my shot in my hand. I don't want to shot this, though. I want to sip it. Can I sip it or shot? I'll shoot it. I'll fucking uh, shoot it. I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to sip. I'm not going to shot. Let's sip. So we're just sipping? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you only take a shot if you're trashy. I think real gentlemen sip. Real gentlemen do what's appropriate for the occasion. I'll sip. All right. Cheers, man. <laughs> cheers, Tildy, with your peanut butter. I'm, I'm cheersing the, the camera. I'm not, or I guess I should cheers your image. Cheers to chat. Cheers, chat. Damn, that is pretty good. Uh, so, your your alternate dimension self. Oh, nice. Roaring Poet is drinking whiskey, too. <laughs> who's Who's not drinking right now? You need to get a drink. <laughs> okay, so you, Kersey, you meet your alternate universe self. He's found yes. God. Yes. How has he done that? What did he do? I think in part by abandoning some of that shit, some of that fear. Yeah. I mean, I think in part... I mean, honestly, he probably would be working on changing his physical environment right now but I haven't figured out exactly what conditions would let me do that. You know, we invited you to Portugal over and over. Yeah. I've just been, I, I don't know, I, I partially felt like fuck, fucking Tony Stark in my cave. You know, like I feel like I'm getting what? somewhere in my thinking. Are you, are you building an Iron Man suit? I mean, I guess I guess this is kind of uh, an I Iron got, Man suit, right? I got some things, I got some things cooking up. Uh, you know, no, nothing ready yet. I mean, but yeah. I'm loving the shine on the on the hole. Soren is drinking Kool-Aid in bed because sloth. Oh wait, can I blow your mind with something Daniel told me about today? Sure. He said that apparently the reason avocados exist now was because there was a twenty ten to twenty foot sloth that used to exist. Think about that. I know it about the ate, sloth. You know that it ate avocados. I didn't. What does that have to do with avocados? Um, somehow 
the it was a carrier for bringing avocados. Well, okay, I might be remembering this wrong, but I think somehow it was a, it was it was a carrier for avocado pits seeds, and that by a carrier you mean I mean, it it shat them all over the place. It shat it shat them all over the place. Yeah, uh, and I'm pretty sure. According to Daniel, that's the way. That's the reason we have avocados today, because it like shot them in the right places. Thank you, Giant Sloth. Yeah, thanks, Giant Sloth. Where, I wonder where that let lived, because where are avocados even from? Is it like South America, or I'm not sure. Giant Sloth. Imagine named... meeting a twenty foot sloth. Yeah, I've seen this a skeleton of one, or at least a reconstruction or whatever, and it's fucking huge. It's big ass claws too. Yeah, I mean probably. It didn't eat people? Vegetarian? I don't fucking know. I, I don't think people were around at the time. Right. Why Portugal? Why not Kosovo or the Basque country? Um, well, there's a good answer for that, which is Portugal is EU. It's warm throughout the year. Where we are has access to beaches. It's relatively cheap. And, I mean, most of all, it's just where we found uh, a good retreat center. Right. Yeah, and actually, you know, it's just, it was a, it was a, for some reason, it was a conversion answer for a bunch of different people. I mean, also, you know, rivals here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm curious uh, to what extent, I mean, I guess this is a, a complicated thing, but are you planning to stay there? And for how long, or do you not know? I don't entirely know. My man, it's complicated. My uh, there's some chance I might have to move back to the U.S. and ideally a part of the U.S. that um, doesn't charge a lot of long-term capital gains tax mm-hmm. in case reserve continues to do really well. Mm. Um, so there's some chance me and a bunch of other reserve people might do that. And we're looking at Austin. Right. But, um, I'm also looking at getting Portuguese residency. It's actually, Mm. oh, that's the other reason we chose Portugal because out of the European States, it's, it's one of the most easy to get residency. Oh, actually, sorry. Mix everything I just said. There was a, there was a main reason we chose Portugal, which is that it was the only EU country with, we could get into at the time. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was the real reason um and there were a bunch of other good reasons but yeah I'm, I'm looking at getting residency here it turns out it's not actually that hard um and as a place i i definitely wouldn't mind staying right um hi yeah, maybe I, mean, I think the main the main criteria for where to be right now yeah i don't think how, i i don't i can't apply the normal criteria the normal criteria i use are like what is the cultural scene like what are the forms of art i can engage there Mm. What is what? What are the what are the different um, groups of uh, subcultures mm-hmm. in the city? And I I don't think that matters right now in COVID times unless you just don't have a good risk protocol or don't care about COVID risk. I care about COVID risk because I have a gut condition, so I'm, I don't really want to make that worse. So given that, basically the main criteria that I have for a place to stay is who can I get in my pod and. Mm-hmm pretty much like what is the scenery like because i'm mostly not going to be interacting with the humans which is too bad of course um, yeah and so that that still leads me to like stay in portugal because the weather is really good and the scenery is fucking amazing like we're right, we're right near the giant shale rock cliffs 
mm. that are extremely romantic the waves crashing against them we were just there today right and you can't help but feel like a poet looking out from these these giant cliffs at the atlantic ocean nice so it's a good spot it sounds nice it's really nice yeah yeah it's interesting I mean, I'll be tuning in to see see what happens. I don't, you know, where you guys end up. I, I've also, you know, Austin is always coming to mind, and I I might end up back in back in the Bay. Really? You never know. I might. Um, mm. It just depends on how far. It depends to me in part on like what's the value of setting down roots for real, and what will the city be like in like ten years? Um, yeah. So. Yeah. What are your What are your main criteria for choosing a place right now? I think once I've got my vaccine type shit, I'm going to figure out where there's a critical mass of people and where there's cool stuff happening. I mean, basically, yeah. like, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think it's really unclear. Yeah. Say again? Thanks for coming by, sirs, further. I also wanted to say hi to Maybe, who showed up, because Maybe is a... Maybe, oh, Maybe Gray's here. Maybe Gray is a, is a frequent flyer. And also a, a one-time co-pilot on <laughs> cool. um, Pop Fizz. Um, yeah, good night, sirs. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know if I have my yeah, criteria nailed down, but yeah, it's, it's that where are people going to end up that I kind of know. I mean, I, you know, blah, 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 all this remote communication stuff. I think in practice you coordinate most of the people around you. Yes. It's just no, nothing beats it, you know. Um, I, I think I think we're neglecting also the degree to which I mean it's it's so you know you coordinate with the people around you I think first and foremost just because they're the ones who capture your attention the most mm. um, because you know they'll they'll walk past you and say hey Kersey. yeah um, but also I think um, nerds like us will tend to dramatically underestimate the amount of uh, coordination that just happens on kind of like a body level and I, I don't mm. really know how to talk about this. Mm. But I have the experience of a lot of coordination just happening with the significant stares that get shared, like like or or rather the the coordination bedrock being made up of like these things like significant stares that are shared, like saying hello to one another in the in the morning. With who, like a, who's like physiologically eyebrows. real to you in some way? Yeah, yeah. Right. Know, and there are all these things like, and I think there might even be a bunch of effects that we're just not even consciously aware of. Like, so, you know, there's this thing that I think it's called the McClintock effect, uh -huh. um, which um, a, a female friend told me about recently where uh, and this this started happening here, actually, in Portugal uh -huh. uh, at the Eagle Resort we're staying at, where women will sync up their menstrual cycles. Yeah. And the way that happens is that um, blew my mind when I first heard about it. The, the, I know the it's, cycles. it still blows my mind. I, I was just like women are a different species like that was just like what fucking i just i heard about this in college you know because people will move on to the same floor of freshman year and like yeah. the mess links up yeah and the and the signaling method for causing that to happen is thought to be pheromones mm -hmm. so it makes it makes you think like you know it's probably not the case that women are a different species it's probably the case that men and men and women and like everyone have all these unconscious sync up things that are happening via pheromones, via like maybe even things like little subtle muscle twitches that are sending signals to one another. Right. right? Um, you know, I've, uh, you've, you've, you're, I, we've both had the experience of like dipping our toes into things like body work and, 
um, you, you just start noticing all these things that the body is doing that are, are hard to come up with a good explanation with. Like when I lay hands on someone, you can feel, for example, like their muscles just passively doing all these little twitches all the time. Um, and it's like, what is what is the point of that? Uh, I don't know. Like maybe maybe they're like you, you can w imagine weird things like uh, them creating weak electromagnetic fields that ha are like are some unconscious communication medium. I don't know. But um, it reminds me of that Feynman story from uh, what's that famous? Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman. Yeah. Have you read that? I have. It's great. Do you remember that one section on the bloodhound, the bloodhounds? No. Um, he'd been reading about bloodhounds and how good their sense of smell was. Yeah. And he was wondering whether humans also have a much better sense of smell than they suspect. Mm. And so he, he tested this himself where he would have his friends, his like fellow physicists at a party, touch a bunch of books and then put them on the shelf alongside books that hadn't been touched. Uh -huh. What he had to do, if I'm remembering this correctly, what he had to do is go up, go to the bookshelf and um, sniff the books uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and try to guess which ones had been touched. Right. And according to him, and you know, you, you kind of have to believe his story here. According to him, he was really reliably able to tell which ones had been touched. Uh -huh. and so right. that makes me think that um, if our sense of smell is that fine-tuned, we're probably getting all different, all, all sorts of really subtle sensory information all the time. Right. And it would not surprise me that um, some of the bedrock of coordination is made up of sync on these sorts of, oh, wait, what's the Madeline effect, Oyster? Curious about that. Uh, sync on these like very subtle sensory signals that you can only get from being near someone. Right. Yeah, the, um, I think what part of what fascinates me here is the degree to which social experiences are um, very physical and yeah. to the extent of, you know, all these extreme things that happen when you like go up to talk in front of people and it's like basically a psychedelic experience if you're getting that nervous. Right. And yeah. um, people will say like, oh, like that's hormones. But like even being around charismatic people, like you feel different, your body language changes. Yeah. Um, a lot of the acting traditions have known about this and been playing yeah. with this phenomena um for, yeah. since forever um so i think there's something to what you're saying did i ever tell you about that um that woman that i quasi fell in love with who lived in la who was an artist probably <laughs> <laughs> she she and i met at um hi oh bye delicious good to have you bye see you later um, she, she and I, I won't mention her name. Let's call her Sally, which was definitely not her name. She had a much more interesting name than Sally. Yeah. Um, she and I met at, um, Ephemerile. You know Ephemerile? I do. So for, for those who don't know, Ephemerile is sort of like this burning man at sea that happens near the Bay Area. Um, and I met her at that and, uh, oh, man, it's hard to describe, but uh, every time we would come face to face, we would both experience the equivalent of like a mushroom trip, uh -huh. like that, that extent of like color, like shapes morphing, colors changing, uh, like a feeling that something was electric about the air. It was not normal. Like I, I'm not even using metaphors. Like my perception actually just started fucking morphing okay. in front of, in front of Sally. Um, and 
this would happen every single time we met to the point where it felt a little bit too intense. And at a certain point, I think we started kind of avoiding each other because we didn't, we didn't know how to hang out in a way that wasn't psychedelic. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure low level things like that are, are kind of just happening all the time. Right. Like that, that's not just like a random thing. It's that it's like, that's the, that's the water we swim in in a way. That's the water we swim in. And I think certain people are able to cause like, um, runaway, runaway positive feedback loops with some of it. Mm. And, well, and often those are the people we think of as being charismatic or, or persuasive. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. We're having X Factor. That X Factor. I thought about calling yeah. this X Factor, but it, uh, it really? didn't seem right. No, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, not even for a second. Um, well, by the way, we are at three hours, um, so I don't know oh. if you want to chill more, or if we could take a couple, you know, take an audience question, or if you want to hit some Twitter question. Um, there's always the option of people doing a quick call in if that appealed to anybody. What uh, what interests you, Tyler? Now oh, that we I, have you here, it, it's one a.m. here in Portugal, so I should I should definitely go to bed soon, but. Now that now that I talked about my Sally experience, I'm just curious for you. Have you ever had an experience of like meeting someone and feeling like like them having some massive bodily effect on you or perceptual effect or something like that? I think with romantic experiences, there's been stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think about outside that. I mean, I get I get juju about people, and I trust my my juju sense pretty much. Yeah. Um, over time, my juju senses turn out to be something that I that I I have faith in. Um, sometimes they get bad vibes from people, and, and like something happens, and I'm just like, you know what, fuck this person. And then months later, it turns out that they're they're a big problem. Um, <laughs> so, at least a couple times in my life, that's happened. But Honestly, I have to, the, the, I'd have to think the about it more. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 yeah. What were you I, I was going to say the, big, the biggest upgrade to my social epistemology has basically just been um, trusting my juju sense as being real knowledge, being based on some sort of real source of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and it's shockingly accurate. Right. Juju sense is a true skill. That is damn right, Karma Custodian. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honing the juju, I... Occasionally, I just get really great vibes. Just yeah. and not even like psychedelic, like I love you kind of thing, but just like this person's solid. Um, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about exes and stuff. I mean, it's like, um, but like, I don't know, just meeting people who like know how to chill that that has changed my life because I'm yeah on the spectrum of human experience. Um, compared to some people, I'm like a fucking neurotic. Um, <laughs> like, and I don't whatever you know some people right but like they're they're let me just say chilling is a skill and some people have it fucking down and it's shocking if you encounter someone who's got the chilling power who can just like slow down and just exist um yeah for me that was crazy because i'm like i didn't even know how to regulate my system to like that slow you know i just never yep. wanted to or something and never then you do it and it, yeah. it feels good yeah you know? i love that feeling yeah just hanging out with someone who's able to just like act from a much lower frequency than me feels so relaxing right i you know i take it i take it pretty far i take it to the point where i just regard other humans as being drugs basically mm. and they they have their drug effect 
obviously, you know, through uh, some of the means you would expect, like conversation and things like that. But Mm -hmm. even just by being around you, I think they're essentially just drugging you. Um, I think since I believe in this sort of subtle social coordination thing, um, because I have a lot of experiential basis in it, I sort of just very, very careful about who, what, what kinds of personality vibes I have around me. Um, and I think there's a lot of environment creation skill that goes into like, how can you get the right alchemy? Uh, I hate using that word. Um, but how can you get the right alchemy of, um, vibes around you? And honestly, when I, when I do a lot of thinking about the village, like I do think about a lot of practical things, but the thing I think about most is what is like the vibe soup that you would need at the very beginning for it to have initial conditions to be something that long-term flourishes. W asked, have you ever been aware that you were giving another person bad vibes? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, that happens to me on a daily basis. <laughs> people hate me. <laughs> people hate me. No, I mean, I, you know, I get into, especially with my gut thing, I get into bad states all the time. Mm. Uh, and I, I think there's a, there's a real art to also something like broadcasting. Yeah. Like when you're, when you, if you're able to distinguish between your bad vibes and your good vibes, um, and you can broadcast your good vibes and then kind of like rein in your bad vibes. Then mm. I think you're in a good place where I think you have people who just always broadcast regardless of whether they have bad vibes or good vibes. And so they just dominate a room. I, you know, I, we really saw this, I think with the Portugal experiment because mm. the, the place right now is an eco resort, but it's not really a bunch of separated homes or anything like that. Mm. It's much closer to being like a big mansion that happens to have, large outdoor sections right um because we share a kitchen uh we essentially share a living room a right. lot of the people share bathrooms right and um it was it was really easy to observe the way in which just like a few broadcasters could dramatically affect the overall experience of everyone there um yeah both for good and for worse and and sometimes it was the same person like when the, and it was just like when they were in a good mood, everyone else was in a good mood. When they were in a you, bad mood, suddenly everyone else was fighting and like at each other's throats and things like that. You ever see? And it was funny. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, do you ever see um, Master and Commander? I love that movie. Yeah. So Wait, you, I fucking recommended it to you recently, didn't I? You might have. Uh, I, I've seen it a few times, but uh, do you remember okay. that they have this weird like someone? They get the sense that like someone is bringing bringing bad omens on the ship. Yeah, there's this weird subplot, right? Where they, I, I forgot that well, they have some word for it, but it's like the person who's bringing the bad energy, and yeah. there's something very—it's like out of the you know, from the book Gerardian about it. It's that they identify some member of the crew as this like nexus of bad juice, and uh, yeah. they have to figure out what to do about it. You know, spoil. Well, spoil I think that's much, what but... I think that's what's scary about once you include this into your ontology. Yeah, that like people with bad vibes can massively disrupt what's going on, which I think is true. But if you if you if you have a group of people who kind of agree on that, then you set yourself up for terrible witch hunt style things. Mm-hmm. And th- this also happened. Like there was consensus during one part of the Portugal thing that there were bad vibes, mm. and everyone was trying to figure out who was causing the bad Who's vibes. Who's causing it? <laughs> and there maybe, were disagreements about who. Maybe we're the baddies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. 
All right, I'm getting, uh, my brain is shutting down, so I think I'm going to hit the hay. And also, my roommates want to go to sleep. For sure, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, in that case, we're going to wrap this up. Um, Tyler, this was fun as fuck. I feel like we hit a good hit a good wavelength. Ask some questions. Yes, thank you, W, for the questions as well. Everybody chimed in for questions or who just hung out and, and listened to the show. Um, burn the people with the bad vibes. There you go. <laughs> I think that's like a good takeaway. And uh, yeah, it's the moral of the story. Tyler, I would love to have you back. I, you know, we barely covered anything, but I uh, I had fun. Next time, yeah, we we can talk about Microsoft Flight Simulator for maybe two thirds of the time, and then the rest of the time we can talk about God and uh, vibes. Right, the God vibe. All right, everybody, we'll do it again next week. Have a good night. Bye, everyone. Bye, Kurt.